Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who are the mask-wearing individuals with me today? Uh, Bunny ears, Steph, and JD. It's Sune Mask. Do what he use. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. Nobody else. That's it. <laughs> and our Link's special out. guest. Hi, I'm Helena. <laughs> we do this on every episode. I don't ever say anything to the guys beforehand. We just go it randomly. <laughs> I do it to everyone that guests on the show too. So yeah, it's great because Steph and I have gotten like somewhat like used to it, so we can think quickly yeah. about what we're gonna say, but then we never tell any of the guests, no. and so they're always like, "Uh, part of the fun." Oh, uh... a little random. That's all right. Uh, started the show crapping my pants. I'm happy to go in that way, honestly. <laughs> how we do it here all right and before we get too far i want to give a quick shout out to another podcast called all too real Two. it's a po- it's a fun look at the weird world of pop culture including reviews of direct-to-video sequels and random top topics all done in hilarious fashion by the hosts matt and mike he's pretty cool guys if you get a chance please take a listen to his podcast and i think i will introduce the game that we're playing this week since this was my pick we are playing the the legend of zelda majora's mask probably the most underrated zelda game i think it's got a much bigger following now than it did when it came out. I'll say. Yeah, I agree. It's still one of the ones that I I feel like a lot of people are torn between or people haven't played but know of it. It's definitely and, the most divisive. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Well, I don't know. Maybe Twilight Princess is the most divisive now, but I I love Twilight Princess. But... Uh, Zelda too. Do you think so? <laughs> I always thought that Skyward Sword was the really divisive one. Yeah. Skyward I'd see, like, Skyward Sword, I used to think it was divisive, and now I just think that nobody played it because nobody wanted to get a Wii U to get to play it. <laughs> it was on Wii, but it was I don't want to wiggle. Wii, yeah. I don't want to wiggle Pretty Wii play it, so I won't play it. Oh, uh, before we get, like, too into it, um, we did get a comment from a listener named Nicholas Mills, <laughs> and I apologize that I didn't read this sooner because this is all the way going back to our Blood Omen episode. But uh, yeah, he told us to look up uh, Blood Omnicide, and it's a 3D remake of Blood Omen, to which I did look up. And thank you for mentioning that because it was awesome. It only took us seven weeks to get to that, or night, or we just get weeks, so like many comments. It's yeah, like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like about ten, I think, altogether. But, yeah. Hey. Uh, did any, first, I want to ask: Anyone have any memories of this game before yes. I picked it for the show? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some weeks, and no one has nothing. <laughs> not uh, this week no this is by far my favorite zelda game of all time i did not know that going into this oh wow i actually played it before we started the podcast this was like right before we started i was like i want to play Majora's <laughs> mask again <laughs> like i was like hey we should do Majora's mask for the podcast and i was like oh looks like i get to play it again <laughs> <laughs> i only picked i only picked this because this is one of helena's games and i wanted her to guest star in the show and that's why we're talking about it yes i was so excited <laughs> that you suggested this one uh, Majora's Mask is my all-time favorite Zelda game, possibly my favorite game of all time of any game. So wow. I'm Impressive. stoked. Yes. That's a high praise, definitely. That's my high favorite praise, game, Nick. not this one. But. <laughs> 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 my favorite game is Chrono Trigger, as I talk about a lot in the show. Yeah, but I see, Nick. I you love are a beautiful Trigger. man. That's high praise. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should know what that's from, but I do not. <laughs> SNL. Okay, yeah. that's why I don't. They had Nick Cage on, and it was like a weekend update where they had Nick Cage and Andy Samberg also playing Nick Cage. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just like complimenting each other for like two minutes. Oh, what version did you guys all play of this game? I played the 3DS version. Uh, yeah, 
It's I well, I played the N sixty four as a kid with the gold cartridge and then three DS this time around. Okay. I play the version on my uh, collector's edition disc, which is the one <laughs> reason I will never throw out my GameCube. I have the Zelda's <laughs> collector's edition with every game oh, no. a Wind Waker demo. Yep. That's so awesome. I uh, played the gold cartridge originally, and this time uh, my lovely boyfriend downloaded it for me online. So we used an emulator, and therefore I have no idea what version I played. <laughs> 64, probably. Okay. Probably, yeah. Because it's really there just are... a 64 and then the 3DS remake, which is better. Mm. Yeah, there are subtle differences, like like Stuart playing it on a GameCube. I, that one's actually supposed to be the laggiest one that crashes a lot. So I don't know <laughs> if that crashed on you, Stu. I've never had any issues with my GameCube, so. Okay. And, uh, the, yeah, and the 3DS version changes a couple things, like the bosses now have eyes attached to them that are their weak spots instead of just damaging them. Like Ooh. Odawa, you could just shoot whatever does damage at him and he would get hurt and now you have to uh stun lock him before you can open up the eye i don't even remember him having an eye but then it's been like two weeks <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you played the different version then he probably did i just wasn't paying attention so then i must have played the 64 version online uh because i actually just uh defeated adwala earlier today <laughs> and <laughs> he did not have any eyes but i was very delighted about by how easy he was to defeat yeah he was yeah hard. yeah one thing i one thing one of the big themes about this game that is different than all other zelda games one is a direct sequel to ocarina of time oh and i should say there's gonna be spoilers for zelda majora's math if i go any farther well, obviously yes. that's what the show is Normally, lately, we haven't needed to say that because the games we've been playing didn't matter. But this one, I guess, it does matter. I mean, if you haven't played Majora's Mask at this point, what's wrong with you? I hadn't played it until this show. And I had to, I had the original N64 gold cartridge. I got it in 2000 for my birthday well, for Christmas. What's wrong with But you? I never, I, I beat Odawa and then I just did not enjoy the whole time thing. And I was like, oh, I'm done. Never played it again. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, so much judgment right now. <laughs> I, I hated this game up until recently. I thought it was a. <sighs> It's a bullshit Zelda game for a very long time. You're a bullshit well. Zelda game. <laughs> <laughs> to give my credit, this is probably in in a lot of aspects. This probably is the hardest Zelda game. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, it's, I didn't like there. the whole the whole time thing. Like this game is all revolves around three days where different events happen on each day. And when you do a dungeon, you have three three days to go through the dungeon, get what you need, and get out of there. And I I didn't like time limits, especially <laughs> in it back then. So. Well, I think it's, it's kind of a tribute to Nintendo's taking on of doing a sequel to Ocarina, Ocarina, at nine months Ocarina. after. Ocarina. What? what? Whatever. What is this? Nine this months, is the ongoing nine months after, argument. Oh, my God. It's Ocarina. It's Ocarina. The ongoing argument. Yeah. Uh, but this game was made in nine months, and there are some reused assets, but ultimately the, the reason there's sure? a three-day... Yes. The ultimately the reason there's a three day limit is because they could mm. construct certain events that the characters they wouldn't really have to do much. They could just do the same thing in that three days as yeah, opposed to like <laughs> it's essentially you know. forcing new game plus, which is a really interesting concept. Yeah, and it's very immersive. It doesn't it doesn't break your immersion at all, which is great. So you're stuck in uh to continue what Mike said, you're stuck in Termina, which is the it's like a parallel world to Hyrule that's constantly in a three-day loop where 
the moon crashes into the planet and destroys everything and then it kind of starts over again and you just get thrown into that mix and have to have to figure out what's going on and stop the moon from crashing into the planet and kind of like solve this this time paradox that's going on although none of that is really explained it's just the moon's gonna crash stop it and it's all about because the skull kid who's the one in the first game who you play uh sorry a song for Mm-hmm. which I can hear in my head at the moment. And he come back in this game, but this game he has a couple fairies with him for some reason. Yeah. And he steals the Majora's Mask from the Mask Salesman, who is still creepy as hell, by the way, in this game. Yes. <laughs> like, I've been posting a screenshot off and on, which I'm going to save on. I'm going to keep my phone of him just choking Link when you first find out that the Mask <laughs> He just starts choking him. He's like, what did you do? And it's I'm like the Homer like, Simpson show. Wow. It's great. <laughs> oh, it was this game. It's a great, like, little... Because you get you introduced to Skull Kid first. The first <laughs> character you come across is a uh, Skull Kid and Tattletail, who's the Tattle and Tail, who are the two fairies <laughs> with him. And he takes Navi and like flees, and uh, Tattle Navi. gets left behind. Do you mean Epona? Uh, yeah, uh, I think he just renamed Epona. the horse. <laughs> <laughs> no, Navi disappears, right? Because you, you Navi's not even she does not. But Link, he's flashing back and uh, it's talking about how he went to the woods after he lost his friend. And then it plays the little chime of her flying away. Yeah. So he's looking for Navi and or Navi. um, It's Navi Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) I always said Navi, but then somebody told me that it's Navi because it's navigation. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It does make sense, but I'm still going to say Navi. Hey, and uh, uh, not yeah. Epona, Epona. So, y'all are stupid said too. Epona. I never said Epona. And this is years Pro- of pronouncing made up words wrong. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's Epna. Epona. What? Ep- no, I was just joking. Okay. It's technically supposed to be Epona. But everyone says Epona. But that's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Because it's not like Link is constantly yelling or anything. It's like. <laughs> Each is typical silent protagonist. <laughs> Except maybe in a new game. Yeah. In my game, in my game there's no sound. So, God know. damn it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's Legend God. of Zelda, Mike. It's like, <laughs> not only is it like the most recognizable video game soundtrack, it's Majora's Mask. It's like the best out of all of them. I, I kept, I would have it on every so often, but most of the time it ended up off. Just be, I, don't, I never play the sound in most of my games. I just turn it off. I've just had the soundtrack on my phone. I've been listening to it all week. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I really had I had it on a few times, but not normally. But that's because I was kind of playing this game a lot of randomly places when I could. I just pull up my DS. Uh, so I might have been part of it. Smart. I just I have the I got all the Zelda reorchestrated discs, so I, I don't like I'm not a big music guy in games. There's only one game that we have not done on the show yet where I will listen to every single song in that game nonstop, but that's <laughs> Corona Trailer. Uh, See, I'm yep, not a huge it. music guy either, but it's fucking Majora's Mask, Mike. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, though. The sound effects, yeah. I think I actually might have turned off the music and just had sound effects, but, you know. I'm Mike, I will fight you. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I, I, every game we play, almost every time the sounds are turned down, except for Resident Evil 2, where I had to sound up, I had to hear the zombies coming after me. Well, yes. talking yeah. about sound, since we're on the <laughs> subject. Yes. <laughs> uh... A lot. Everyone pretty much recognizes like the Zelda theme. Most people, I'd say, recognize Zelda music. And I think Majora's Mask is I, the only word I can think of is like syncophantic, where it's like they have like specifically wrong notes in Majora's Mask music, and it's just the creepiest music in the in the world. 
I actually I love Majora's Ooh. Mask the orchestrated, but if I'm like occasionally I'll I'll drive at night and I'll be driving somewhere at like midnight or one one a.m. and it'll get all foggy and I'll have Majora's Mask on. I'm like ah, I should listen to something else. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I should have Wind Waker on. <laughs> a little too I mean, creepy. I, I did listen to the ocarina a few times when they played that, but that was about it. I feel like that was about it. I mean, I might have had the music on here and there, but not that often. I remember certain things. I have the Song of Time stuck in my head. but That's it. so interesting because it's such a music-heavy game. I mean, Ocarina of Time, too. They name is Ocarina. Like, it, <laughs> the music is so such a big part of it, and all of the different um, masks having different instruments. Uh, and I don't know if you unlock the one sequence that um it's in the milk bar where you can play as play all the different character. characters yes yeah, the that. new boss wave that oh i love that song I did amazing that piece so yeah. good. okay i, I yeah, did so. listen to that but i didn't care i did listen to it i who, <laughs> what was everyone's favorite instrument I, this is probably a good question what was everyone's favorite a good question not karina your vote doesn't count <laughs> okay i'll take that <laughs> I, I think mine was the horns it's for Deku. For the, the De- is it Deku or Deku? I've always said Deku. 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 Oh, oh, I failed. <laughs> Everything you know is wrong. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be accurate. <laughs> Just jump in and be like, anyway, I really love playing a Zelda in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I almost introduced us as who are the Zeldas with me today, but I, I didn't go that road. I almost did. Uh, my favorite <laughs> was absolutely the guitar. I always thought the guitar was the cool. I thought I- playing as Azor was the coolest shit in the world as a kid. Mm-hmm. Since you brought that up, that scene is the one of the most depressing scenes in this game. Oh yeah. <laughs> you you find you find the body in the water, you go and push the Zora out of the water, get him up to land, he dies, you play it well, you play a song, he dies. <laughs> he doesn't just face. die, he like gives you like a ten minute monologue about how like he loves his bandmate and he's never gonna see her again, and all he wants to do is play her a song one last time. And that's how he gives you the guitar, and he's like he's like fulfill my wish for me and then he dies he's a and poet he, and he gives you, you his, put face. On his face you yeah. wear his face god the first time i saw that as a kid when you put on i never saw the zora part i never got that far but when you put on the deku <laughs> face oh my god i was just like what the oh it's I terrifying feel... like this whole game is creepy and disturbing and weird and i love it every yeah, time you put it on a mask it looks like it looks like it's actively hurting Link. Like it's, yeah. it's just so painful. I hate it. I skip every cutscene when you when you do that after I can. I will not watch those cutscenes because they creep me out. Even the uh, even when you play the Song of Time and you go back to the first day, that always freaked me out. Where you're just falling through like the white vortex with the clocks, and it's yeah. just Link like falling forever. That's that something about that was like so intense to me as a kid. It's like eh, this whole, whole game. I mean, it's all about depression and death, which I want to get into later once we talk more about it, but. I mean the land. <laughs> the land is called Termina. Like it's just a, it's just nothing but endings. You know that didn't liberty. click till just now. <laughs> that didn't click for me either, and neither did Tattletale when you said that earlier. And I think I think they're is... introduced as Tail and Tattle, and you have to read them backwards. But yeah, they're Tattletale. Oh my god! Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> I thought I knew this game, but it just... his whole shtick is that he's like a Weasley little brat. And so they're the tattletales with him. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, because he, he essentially is a, a nobody who takes something very powerful and becomes somebody. And yeah. becomes this, even though he's all being used entirely by the mask, he's nothing more than a puppet for the mask. Which <laughs> don't find out at the end, but. You know. <laughs> he's parallel universe Naruto, which 
It's a thing they actually do in Naruto. They have, instead of Naruto, it's Mimna. And he's like evil Naruto who left the village as a kid and still got his powers. And so he's just started like abusing them and terrorizing the village. And that's exactly what Skull Kid is. He's just like a, a loser, nobody that like nobody cares about. You don't even really know who he is, or if he has like any any tribe or family or if there's anybody like him. He's like a wood spirit that's just on his own. Which is already depressing in, in and of itself. Then he finds his he's mask and he's like, he's, yeah. And he just finds yeah. his mask and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back at everybody. I've got the power now. It's hey, not Stuart, even like malevolent. It's just I have power. I'm going to abuse it. I have a question I, for I actually, actually, yeah. Go ahead. Was it loner looking for Straylock? Uh, yes. You okay. play as Straylock and you have to get the artifacts. To stop oh the my god. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask your question. Oh I have to. What? <laughs> it's a reference to a, a whole another game, whole another oh, episode. We I was did. gonna uh, say, I feel like I'm having a strong. I don't. <laughs> nothing to do with this game. Yeah, no. It, uh, the whole mask situation actually reminded me of that Goosebumps episode where she puts on the scary mask and it like starts oh, to take her yeah. over and she can't take it off. Yeah, Goosebumps. Sorry, I brought that up. I actually apologize for that. Yeah, well, Goosebumps <laughs> the game more than my joke did. Best Goosebumps episode is the one where they have the monsters in the basement and they're running from the entire episode. And at the end, they find out that they're like their uncle and aunt that are vampires. Okay. I haven't uh, seen that uh, one. It might be, I don't know if that's Goosebumps or Alone in the Dark, but it's one of the two. If only oh, we yeah, have well. power of the internet. Uh, if only. Which we do. Uh, okay, I'll start talking. When the game starts out and you, you know, and you after Termina and you do go to, this game's a little different. You only go to four dungeons, essentially within the three-day cycle. Like, the first one you go to is everything with Deku Link, which I also thought was kind of really depressing, too, because you don't even find out right away that the mask he's wearing from the Deku, you don't get it from a dead guy or anything, you just turn into a Deku, is apparently somebody, if I remember correctly, somebody's son went missing and turns out that you're the son. It's the butler's son. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I love that storyline. I actually just watched um, a YouTube video where... Some players tried to see if they could um, trick the game, essentially, and get back into the dungeon where the son's dead, corpsey body was and play the Song of Healing. And that maybe there was something that the programmer, programmers had like originally put in and just hadn't followed through where they could actually heal the son. Unfortunately, that <laughs> didn't happen. Uh, they reached out to Nintendo to ask about if they were going to develop that storyline at all and got nothing back. So... It remains oh. a mystery, but you can actually see the butler weeping over his dead son corpse at the end of the that. game. Oh, that's weird. That's so dark. That's cool, but I did not know that. I think I think not having that go anywhere also kind of fits this universe too. Because even yes. I mean, you get that journal. Um, you're like your your day planner essentially. The bomber's <laughs> journal. You get the bomber's journal, which is already a great little mini quest to get that where you have to chase the kids around. In order, I love that. I did not, I did not like uh, that. I actually have something to say about that. You actually don't have to do any of that. No, you don't. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the cool things about Majora's Mask that people took a while to figure out is that basically the first three days you're there as the Deku, you're trying to become Link again, and you have to go to the uh, clock tower to confront the Skull Kid. Mm. And to get up in there, it requires you to be able to get on this ledge when the door opens at the stroke of midnight on the third day. But <laughs> if you face the camera at the right angle 
and you do a backwards jump, you can just get up there without having to do anything oh, yeah. at all. Hmm. Yeah. Also, That's what speedrunners do. I thought you were gonna yeah, say. I, um, I thought you were gonna say you could just tell the kid the password after you know it, because that, that's also something you can do. Like you don't have to do that mini quest over and over again. You can just go yeah. to the kid and give him the password. Yeah. And he's like, "How the hell did you know that?" <laughs> well, you I must think be they cool. That. If you know that password. It's yeah. in the 3ds didn't version. They fix that? Yeah, oh, but didn't they fix it to where you have to get the password or no? I'm not uh, sure. I don't think so. I got it, but I got yeah, it as well. But I didn't. I only used it. I only got it once, and then I just used it over and over again. Because mm. I was always funny that the kid was like, well, I've never met you before, but you know the password. <laughs> Surely there's like... no way you could know the password unless you were one of us. <laughs> That's part of the whole three-day cycle thing where every, things reset. Like, you lose all your arrows, you lose all your bombs, mm. all your, you your rupees. Journal. You keep yeah, all is... the information that you have, which is cool. Which is all part of the game, but I did not I did not like losing everything. Especially when I was a kid when I first played this game. That's one of the reasons why I just kind of stopped. Um... You don't lose your rupees if you put them in the bank, Mike. Well, yeah, I put them in the yeah. bank, but I still didn't like the fact that I didn't. That, that stuff irritated me. My bank was, by the way, my the bank was full on the first day for me. I don't know why. I just like I was like, I'm going to get some. I'm just going to go out and like screw around for a while. And so by the end of like my first playthrough, I already had a full bank pretty much. And I was like, oh, well, I don't have to worry about that anymore. You don't need a ton yeah. of rupees in this game either. No, you don't. No. It's really it's really totally unnecessary. I think you need a lot of rupees for like one quest uh the all night mask which i never did because that's that's what broke me that's when i said i'm done with the mask and just kind of gave up it's tough to get all the masks I all right i <laughs> i have a lot about the all night mask <laughs> Feel free. if you guys don't mind a hot minute no, for me to go on a rant about this okay so <laughs> there's here's there's a little there's a few pieces to this okay so one uh in the hyrule um, Expedia, why is my brain saying Encyclopedia? Excuse me. Travel <laughs> uh, <laughs> Termina never leaves. <laughs> in the Hyrule Encyclopedia, they actually classify Termina as a dreamland. So it's not an alternate dimension. It's not another country. It's literally a dreamland. And then they there's a little bit of debate on if it's Skull Kid's dream or if it's Link's dream. And so I when I was thinking about this game. Like every piece, I analyzed it, thinking <laughs> about which character would feel what about it. And so, with the All Night Mask, uh, the Curiosity Shop salesman said it was created as a torture device. And so, if you think about Link, the hero of time, was just forced to go to sleep for seven years in Ocarina of Time. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> His brain created this All Night Mask that would stop him from sleeping. Yeah, because it's like a torture device that keeps you up, right? Yes, yes. And if you if you think about how um, what happens to your body uh, when you don't sleep, I know. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an insomnia? I have terrible insomnia. I, I also do. <laughs> so yeah, it makes a lot of sense because yeah, you start to essentially you start kind of like forgetting reality and things stop making sense and <laughs> you get like weird hallucinations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that makes yes. a lot of sense. <laughs> yes, I think my theory is that the All Night Mask was used in the Icana War. Um, because we, we all know that from the Gibdos and the uh, Skelly Boys, whatever they're called, uh, there was this big <laughs> war that happened and it was really horrible and like everybody died in Icana and now there's all these ghosts around. So my theory is that the All Night Mask was used in the war as a torture device. That's made, crazy. Made the game a lot darker than it already was. 
I mean, yeah, it's already. I I mean, the the standard theory up to that was like it was a split. What was what was the theory for a long time? It was a split realm where, uh, like in France, past like Ocarina had a split ending where you either went to Termina, mm-hmm. and the other one was you went to um, was it Link to the Past? Yeah, because of the timeline difference, the splits yeah. in them. Yeah, yeah, and that's how like the split timeline occurred. I I find that stuff interesting, but. I could never sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to find out exactly what the timeline of Zelda is. I like that there's like two timelines going on and that people are thinking about it, but there's three. There's three now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it is interesting in the way that like when Link does lose and Ganon triumphs, the fallout of like what happens, like leading into Wind Waker, how they're underwater and everything. I mean, like little things like that are kind of cool in the timeline, but overall it, I mean, nobody needed it. <laughs> I do like that, though, because it's just like you don't really get a sense of like what would happen if Ganon won. Aside from like, mm-hmm. shit's not great. Like, it doesn't really explain. I love that it doesn't explain how, but like in Ocarina of Time, when uh, you go to sleep and like Ganon's just been ruling Hyrule for seven years. all It's like Scar ruling Lion- in Lion King, where it's just like everything goes to shit. <laughs> oh my like, God. How the <laughs> fuck did you do this? Like, <laughs> how are you this bad of a leader? Why are there ghosts everywhere, Ganon? <laughs> Yeah. Come on. Eat all the, food. the world. What happens? <laughs> I've heard what like a lot of people. Story? Well, I've heard a lot of people say like I've heard a lot of people say like it'd be cool if in the new Zelda game where with the I like there's theories now that you'll get to play as Zelda and it'll be more like you'll get more about Ganon. Like a lot of people are saying they want more of Ganon's story. Yes. I would love that. I would love to see Ganon's story, and it's like him trying to rule, and just everything is against him. Oh, that's just reality right now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just very bad at this. He's, he's not just, even he's... a bad guy. He just really sucks. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, he's evil, but you're like, he doesn't really do anything specifically <laughs> evil. It's not like he gets in and he's like, all right, flood the planet. <laughs> he's just, instead of ruling, he's working out, and he's working on his magic. Just getting full. Yeah, exactly, and that's why he's so hard to defeat. He's like, <laughs> well, if that was the case, how come he's how come he's so skinny in Wind Waker, huh? <laughs> no, I don't know. That's the aesthetic of Wind it's Waker. Because he's a, I think it's because he's a puppet in Wind Waker, but whatever. It's there's a lot in Wind Waker that doesn't make sense either. Can Can you imagine Ganondorf just like doing reps in the gym? Like none of these Hyrulians understand me. He's got a <laughs> they don't understand what I'm trying to do he's here. He's got a picture of Ganon. And he's like, <laughs> like every now and then he touches it and he's like, one day. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to laugh at that, but that, that that's funny. <laughs> All right, uh, I never, I never heard. Or I didn't even think about that whole idea of this being a dream. I mean, I always thought it wasn't like he just went to another country or somewhere away from after Ocarina time. Well, that makes more sense. No, I, you know what? Now that I think about this whole Ganon muscular theory, it makes sense why like Twilight Princess was so fucked up because that was probably the most jacked Link. Whenever Link is like a little Twinkie kid, everything gets solved. But whenever Link gets like jacked, all hell breaks loose. Maybe Hyrule just hates jack people. <laughs> if you work out at all, the world goes to shit. Yeah. There were no dumbbells in those prisons in Gerudo Valley. That's, that's for why sure. You, that's why you have so many missions in all the games to like stop people running around. <laughs> it's just people that are running around. And, yeah, like half your missions are like, hey, stop that asshole. He's like, you need to stop him. He's got something. And he's it's just running around all day. day. <laughs> and always, it's always like, what yeah. an asshole. He's always out there running. <laughs> Look at Wind Waker. <laughs> Look how lazy everybody was in Wind Waker. It was, it was the perfect game. 
<laughs> surrounded by water. It's surrounded by water. Like by water. Link is introduced in Wind Waker by just being passed out up in a crow's nest. <laughs> it's just like can't be bothered to even sit up when his sister comes and gets him. <laughs> oh, He's the hero. You? All right, man. <laughs> You're saying something, Helena? I don't. What was I? I, I have no idea. Oh, okay. So if you think about the dream theory from, oh my god, I blinked. <laughs> okay, if you think about the dream theory from Skull Kids' per- perception, there that could be an explanation why the world is so fucked up because he was stuck in the lost woods his whole life he doesn't know anything about anything so his brain is just like i'm gonna make up shit and fill in the gaps and that's why nothing yeah. makes sense because I think if it was skull kid's dream like everyone would worship him though like well, true i would say it's definitely i would say it's link's dream i, I actually i'm buying into this theory a lot now i think it's link's <laughs> dream, and i think the reason the world is so fucked up is because zelda's not there and she's the wisdom aspect of the triforce and you need wisdom Ooh. to have a functioning, a functioning world. That's fucking deep. Yeah. So without wisdom and without uh, without wisdom and power, everyone, all you have is courage. Yeah. All you have is courage. And so and like everyone's completely nonplussed by the idea that there's like morbid death everywhere because they're all so fucking brave, but they ain't got no That's wisdom. They ain't point. got no power. I don't know if anyone else, like anyone creating this game, is thinking that point. But that is a good point, though, an idea. Because yeah, I, I mean, mean, like I usually don't buy into those theories, and now I'm totally on board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I just keep thinking of the guy from the History Channel, Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> um, speaking it. of aliens, there are aliens in this game? Uh, yeah, that was the weirdest part of the game for me. I was like, everything else, you know, in in Zelda rules, kind of makes sense, but the aliens were totally—I was not expecting that. Aliens well, trying to steal cows. Well, everyone talks about the aliens. People don't talk talk about the Moon People, which are also technically aliens, but you people don't. Little- Kids on the moon in the end, or yeah, the little kids on the moon that wear the uh, the mask and stuff. Oh, I they're also they're well, they they might be like moon spirits or something, but they're still spirits on the moon. I'd say that's equally as weird as aliens abducting cows. <laughs> You're yeah. not wrong, but also what? <laughs> <laughs> A moon spirit is no greater no greater oddity than an alien. An yeah. alien they, they actually don't refer to them as aliens, though. They refer to them. As them, yeah. they come at night. Yeah, they come at night. Yep, which is also fun. That's a really fun. I think that's one of my favorite little side quests in the game because it's so odd and just like the music is totally like creepy, creepy and sci-fi. And mm-hmm. It's what just music? so. Different. I don't remember any music in that part. Oh, you should have turned the music on because it's great, <laughs> and it also escalates <laughs> so you know when they're getting that, closer to. Uh, that was yeah. a podcast part. I had a podcast playing during that part, by the way. Like she's just been playing <laughs> other Legend of Zelda music. That would be the only lot, like that's what? the only acceptable thing to play over Zelda music is more. There Zelda were certain music. parts when I had the music on, like some of the dungeons. But when I was doing like some of the random crap, like running around Lon Lon Ranch or something, where I didn't need to pay attention, oh, it it's out. Romani Ranch, Mike. <laughs> oh, did I say lot? That was completely my accent, by the way. It wasn't what? on purpose. What the hell did you just say? <laughs> Lon Lon Ranch. Isn't that what it is in Ocarina? Yes. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. This is Termina, damn it. <laughs> hey, it had the same, same every right. word wrong. That's one of the many spots in this game where they reuse sprites constantly. For, or I guess, well, not sprites in this game, but models. Because the, the little girl, I don't remember her name, but I didn't care. It's the same, same girl. Kremia. Romani is the younger one, and Kremia is the older one. Aren't, yeah, those, aren't those the same models, Macarena Time, for the young yes. and older? 
Okay. Milan. I know some people. I know. I know some people were like kind of thought that was lazy on Nintendo's part. I think it worked really well. Um, I in did. terms of in terms <clears throat> of the game because it just made it even creepier because it's all characters you recognize from Ocarina, but they're like they're completely different. They have different personalities. Sometimes it's just it makes it even stranger being in this world where everyone looks the same, but they're all different people. Yeah. They're it all like kind yeah. of fit that whole dream sequence You're, idea where yes. he is dreaming and he's taking things he remembers, changing it up and putting it in this world. Because I like one thing that kind of confused me as a kid was the two witches that you meet in the, in the, in the swamp, which are Kome and I'm butchering their names. I, the two they're, they're in the spirit temple boss, not green at a time. Um, and Kitake. yeah. Kitake and, I, and, and at first I was thinking, okay, this is just, this is either different witches or I don't know what I was thinking back as a kid in 2000. But as I was an adult playing it, I was like, is this like saying that if Ganondorf didn't happen, now they're good? But I guess they're completely different characters, aren't they? Supposed to be, right? Their like, names yeah. the same, which yeah. is interesting because they're some of the only characters that maintain the same names between Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which again, I think goes back to the fact that they had to make this game in nine months. <laughs> so <Point>. I mean, <laughs> you also say they're like they're magical there. characters, though. So maybe maybe something there's something to do with magic acting all wonky when it comes to alternate universes in dream mm-hmm. worlds and the dream I, world thing makes so much sense though helena like you said that just makes perfect sense for this why thank you um well, i did not come up does. with it nintendo did like i mean the whole dream does feel like some weird like lucid the whole dream the whole game feels like some weird lucid dream so absolutely i've yeah. heard another theory that uh basically after what happened in hyrule Link walked into so this one's really dark, guys. Um, Link walked into the Lost Woods, uh, planning to become a Skull Kid because people who get lost in the, the Lost Woods without a fairy become Skull Kids. So um, that theory says that he went into the Lost Woods pretty much planning to kill himself, and that this is what he's seeing before he dies. <laughs> oh, that's and that is dark. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> dark. So God, that's terrifying because if. Like, can you imagine if that's what actually happened? Like, when they say, oh, your whole life flashes before your eyes, but it's your whole life, just everything's wrong. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. That's, oh. that's so dark and terrifying. Well, there's so also trying to fix it. Also, yeah. the idea that not green of time, like, this game takes place in the idea that he wins, he beats Ganon, but he reverts back to a child and then leaves. So, I mean, think about what that would do to a person. Here you are as an adult, you were a hero. You were somebody, and now you're you're nobody again, and no one remembers it but you. And then you're questioning yourself: Did you really remember this, or it never happened because no one else knows it? Type of thing. Yeah, we oh should we God. should point out that Link went through complete every level of puberty, and then he had to go back to being a nine year old again. Yeah, I don't want to go. And on. he's <laughs> and he's very depressed about it. Almost yeah. per- and almost almost permanently separated from Zelda, which like even that alone would probably break Link. And he also lost his fairy, which his whole childhood, he had been waiting for a fairy to come. And he was the one kid who got bullied and made fun of because he didn't have a fairy. So he finally got one and became his hero and then lost his fairy. And now he has to go home again like a loser. And everyone's (laughs) like, well, you don't even have a fairy now. And so. Yeah, no one would would even no one would even remember what he did. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So Mm -hmm. whatever the, uh, the leader guy, was his name Mido? So Mido gets to sit there and make fun of him and be a jackass. And you know what? He gets to live with uh, Soraya though, so that's way better. How do you guys say it? 
Saraya? Saraya. Saraya. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying now to like. I'm trying not to say anything wrong. In my head, I'm like, I'm like, now say it wrong. Say it wrong. Uh, uh, one part that we hadn't touched on yet is after you do all the Deku stuff, you go to the Goron village, which yeah. is also depressing. Yeah, you got to follow. The whole game is ghost. depressing. Everything yeah. is depressing. Oh yeah, the Deku I, is like about to get executed for the monkey. A false kidnapping charge. The Zoro is all dying because they're like their oceans burning up. I did not but read enough from this game. Their ocean's apparently. being poisoned. The Gorons are being, like, frozen out. Yeah. See, well, I don't remember the Zora part. Because I, w- I wasn't reading. I was listening to podcasts. I'm the only lost. people who are doing well... <laughs> the only people who are doing well are the Gerudos. And that's only because they just steal everything. They're, so, they're already used to, like, living in completely <laughs> inhospitable environments. Well, they're all pirates true. in this game. I did like the yes. pirates. That's part. racist. <laughs> Well, it's basically like every other Zelda game where there's like a poison plaguing the land mm-hmm. and you have to go into a temple and cleanse it of the corruption. Kind of, yeah. And yeah, and that's basically what happens in this game. For the Gorons, it's winter. For uh, the Deku people and the monkeys, it's mm-hmm. like a poison swamp. Yeah. It's like so you just gotta go in there and clean like shit up. You know, the swamp poison, the mountaintop is turns into, like, an inhospitable tundra. <laughs> the ocean. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. I can't remember what was going on with the ocean. Was it... Was it also... It wasn't poison water. It was, um... I was sperm whale. They lost their, uh... <laughs> they lost their pearls. They lost the pearls, right? I wasn't paying any babies. attention. Babies. Yeah, so, um, Lulu had babies. Um, yeah. it's... Im- I think it's pretty implied, if not stated, that they're my cow's babies. And if you guys remember, he's the hipster Zora that brings his guitar to parties. And then <laughs> hipster Zora is a great username. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's the one who goes to the parties and brings his guitar and yeah. sings. Um, I hated that guitar, by the way. I hated it so fucking uh-uh. cool. What? Uh, this is cool. I didn't like the way it sounded. I actually had music up at like a guitar. Like, yeah, I didn't like it at all. Even Helena's saying what? (laughs) Even Helena's saying what? (laughs) It sounds like a it sounds like a normal guitar. No, I didn't like it. The Zolzora part. I enjoyed the pirate fortress. I didn't enjoy getting collecting the eggs though. I thought that was tedious. But that's because I didn't have enough bottles to do it efficiently. (laughs) Well, you know you can kill the eels, right? Yeah, I killed them all just to get the bottle from the seahorse thing. Yeah, I kill all the eels and then I just mop up. Uh, so I have a very, very deep fear of deep, deep water. So the yeah. game really fucked me up. Yeah, uh, I, as uh, <laughs> I can't play games like like Stranded Deep and stuff, like all those indie games where you're just out in the ocean and there's a shark or something. That, that shit freaks me out. And I live next to the beach, too, so it's even worse. That makes more sense, probably. Probably, yeah. yeah. I've been in open water, and I know I don't like it. <laughs> I won't go in open water. I'm glad we all share this fear. I actually, the first game that I played that gave me this like panic was uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, where you have to fight like a huge like thing underwater. Mm-hmm. And I was so freaked out in the and then and then doing this in with the Zora diving deep into the water, I just got freaked out all over again. Mm-hmm. Deep water scares the shit out of me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have a fear of finding dead bodies in water, so you can imagine how I felt about uh, dragging my cow's 
body out. <laughs> you don't find that many. <laughs> it happens though, and it's really gross. Okay, I'm gonna happen. stop myself now. Um, <laughs> Sorry, with a show coat. Okay, um, after the fifth dead body is just annoying. Okay, it's just like ah, oh, got another one. Come on, somebody else um, will deal with it. I'll leave it here. So circling back to Lulu and the Zora predicament. Um. The Zora predicament. Yes. <laughs> Lulu gives birth to these uh, little baby fish eggs, and then they get stolen by the pirates. And um, she had brought them to the observatory to check out, and then she lost her voice and went back home and basically fell into depression. And That's right, yeah. Yes. And when you see her, she just looks so fucking sad. And um, she says that she had the amount of eggs... Uh, or she had eggs to remind her of her mom, who was a famous singer before her. And um, the amount of eggs she had is actually the amount of notes in the song. Yeah. Yes, that her mom used to sing to her. So that's very interesting. Because um, yeah, the the eggs actually like make the notes for the for you to play, which is yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. I found that yeah. strange. I think that's probably yeah. That part is so the whole Great Bay just feels so lonely because. I'm trying to think like the the main people you come across at this point. You this is after you do the um the Deku Temple where it's filled with all the Deku scrubs and you're trying to save like, the Deku's are the bad guys in this and you're trying to save monkeys, mm-hmm. um, essentially. And then after that you go to the Gorons and they've got like their whole like they're just scattered around the mountain. There's like a whole village up there. And then you go to the Zoras and you like for the most part you're only coming across Zoras by themselves like. Lulu's mm-hmm. just sitting out on the back, I guess, patio of this giant coral reef just by herself. And it just feels so alone. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, God. Yeah, that part is that part's rough. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't like that part. I also was around that point. I was I think I was paying attention less to like what was going on in the story and just enjoying the gameplay at that point, which is weird <laughs> for me. But yeah, because <laughs> I was I didn't pay attention to anything that was going on in, in the Terminal Bay. I'm how noticing much, um, Great Bay. How much how many people? How many people? How much of the side quests did everyone do? I haven't 100%ed it, but um, I think the only thing that I didn't do all the way were collecting the little fairies in all of the um, dungeons because I that was yeah. really obnoxious. Yeah, it it's is. Such good, uh, you get such good buffs for that, though. Really? I did three of the four. You get... Yeah, mm-hmm. I think um, they all do different things. I think one... I think. Two of them increase your health. One of them, um, oh no, they all increase your magic. They all increase your no, magic. No, one is magic meter. One is spin slash. That's right. One gives you half damage on your heart, and one gives you the great fairy sword. So since yeah. you brought up the fairies, I did <laughs> want to say that when I was a kid, those things creeped me out for some reason. They the really great did. fairies or the regular yeah, they fairies. creep me out. The great fairies. <laughs> oh yeah, they're terrifying. Really? They made me know. gay. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I did not like those fairies. My cat doing? There's actually a very fun fact about that. There's an easy way to break the walls when you enter the fairy fountain. And in the game, when you enter the fairy fountain, unbeknownst to the player outside of the fairy fountain walls that you're in, are the other five fairy fountains or three or four? Yeah, they're so they're all, the all same just room. yeah, they're all in the same room connected. So if you break the wall, you can just go to all of them and not have to do any of the side mission for it. It's also a really easy way to fast travel around. <laughs> I did yeah, not know that, that as well. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I did three of the four. I just didn't care about the great fairy sword in the final dungeon because I'm just like, eh, I'm done. 
Mm-hmm. I get to that point with games, especially now with the show, where I get to a point where I'm just like, I need to beat this and I need to move on. And that's just kind <laughs> yeah. of me in a nutshell. Yeah, I, I, well, I 100% the game because I love the shit <laughs> out of this game. <laughs> I got most of the maps. I didn't do the final like couples thing where you go with where you go through different days in the mailman. I didn't do any of those side quests. Oh, I, I skipped that, <laughs> That's that is the hardest quest, I think, of mm-hmm. pretty much any Zelda game, but I love that's my favorite part of Majora's Mask. I love I just, that storyline. I know of it. I didn't want to do it. I was running I was um, getting kinda Is that the one that's super I'm trying to remember now? Because it's you have to get the uh the Kitsune the Keaton mask off the kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's there's a bunch of side quests in this game for our listeners where you have to get like usually the masks or items and stuff like that. It's all in your journal. And then there's one quest where it's like probably like five different subquests all intertwined together. Mm-hmm. And you have to do it in parts. And it's so difficult. But it's yeah. also so rewarding. Yes. And if you do anything wrong, you can so that's the wild thing. If you take any turn off of the path that brings you to that couple's mask at the end, you can get other stuff. So it's hard, oh, yeah. too, because you're like, you do, do I stick this time. out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I stick this out the three days? Or do mm-hmm. I, you know, give up and go get the other shit? There's also yeah. tons of heart pieces in this game. Like, in any Zelda game, I don't go after that many heart pieces because I don't like to. And <laughs> this game, since it had so few, but only has four bosses, you really don't get a lot of hearts. Like, it expects you to go after heart pieces, which I didn't do. Mm-hmm. It, it's very side mission heavy, for yeah, sure. Which I think turned me off as a kid too. I use a guide for this game. I like 100%. that, hundred percent. I like that because I like how I like how much is going on in three in the three days. Like I like that it's so confined to three days, and you really, if you one hundred percent this game, you really find out about like every single person. You kind of you get like you really get the sense of what's going on in this world, and mm-hmm. I think all that backstory coming together just makes it even more. Even like it makes it even deeper. Yeah, like it made me get like really emotionally attached to this game. I was like, yeah, I know every we character. Should... I know all their like all their issues. I know all their motivations and what's going to happen to them in three days. I've got to fix this. Well, we should bring up that there are two factions in the game. Uh, one of them specifically thinks that they should stay in the town and wait it out, and another one wants to leave. And yes. they're all fighting with the mayor in his office, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't yes. do any of this. Which is great because you go in there and the uh, the mayor's office music picks up and it's just like frantic, crazy. <laughs> just them yelling back and forth at each other. The and best yeah. the best <laughs> noise from that game happens when the uh, carpenters and the soldiers are fighting. And it's the soldiers. Whenever um, the camera pans to them, they go, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> it cracks me up every time. I, I love the know. noises in this game. Just every time somebody talks, like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did not know anything about the factions in this game because I never went in the mayor's place at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a shitload yeah. of factions in this game, really, if you break it down. There's... I also didn't Oops. talk to anybody that wasn't part of like what I had to as the guide said. I just, because <laughs> like, when I play a lot of games, especially, I just follow whatever the guide tells me to in, in, style, in games like this where you give me a time limit, I get very stressful. So I just go through what the game, what the guide says. I don't even, like, same thing with Survival Horror. I play Survival Horror room by room with a guide. I don't even ever mess around. I'm going to pick you up on that, Mike, because I know a lot of people will say that the thing that puts them off of this game is the time limit. And... That's why I never played it as a kid. That's what stopped me, and that's what, it took 19 years for me to finally play this game and beat this game because yeah. of that time limit. Just What I'll it. say to that, though, is that it's not a time limit. It's infinite retries. <laughs> 
I mean, it's not. It felt like a time. You do have really three odd. days, which you can slow down. The first thing you oh, do yeah. when you go back it's in time way, is you slow time. It's way enough time to do everything. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. the only time where it screwed me. Well, no, over, it's only enough time to do in each day. It's only enough time to do like maybe a side mission and a dungeon. It's enough. Ooh. Like you, you can do. You can easily process what you need to do. Like for the only time where it kind of messed me up when I first did the Goron dungeon, where you fight that stupid goat looking thing where you run after him with the Goron and I killed him, but I killed him on the second day. So I couldn't do goat. The the goat looking thing. His name is goat. He looks like a bull. Uh, I hated him. He's definitely a bull, Mike. But I killed him on the second day and I couldn't get the sword right away. And I was irritated. So it took me a while before I went back and fought him again and then went and did the whole side quest with the blacksmith. But I did want to say that blacksmith is just freaking odd. Oh like yeah, the, the, mm-hmm. not the little guy, laughing. but the big ogre BDS. Ah, it's just guy. strange. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's like uh, Frankenstein. I like He's a sword. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like how he says it too, because it's always like, "Hello, I like like." You imagine like coming up and putting the sword down, like I would like the sword, and he goes, and the text is like, "Of course, we'll get that ready for you in three days." I love that. I didn't do that right away, but I, then I went back and actually went and did that quest because that sword is really useful. Because your first sword sucks. It totally makes sense too, because he's in like an, a volcano. It makes sense that they'd have to be there of all places. Yeah. Mm, did uh, everyone get a Pona in the game? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. You have to. Just curious. You know, you don't have to. I was you just curious. But you can't get over the fences then to get to where the fourth dungeon is. If if you have the Goron mask. All you have to do is curl up in a ball and set a bomb in front of you, and it bounces you over the fences. Oh, huh. that's cool. Well, this I didn't know that. Early, yeah. This is early 3D Zelda, Mike. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. <laughs> There's a million ways to break this game. I did, I did most things in this game. Since, I just talking, got... <laughs> since we talked about the characters, what was everyone's favorite side character? Oh, my God. Oh, man. Because I know mine. What I don't... is it? Mine is Grog, the guy who uh, gives you the Bremen mask. Or so you have to use the burn mask to bring him all the cuckoos. Yeah. And he's like, he's the, he's the one dude in the Zelda universe who has a dyed green spiked mohawk. Yep. He's like a total punk. And he's just, all he wants in life is to hang out with his little chickens. I love him. <laughs> I forgot about him. He's so far uh, out of the way because you have to go all the way outside of Termina, all the way out to the other side of Romani Ranch into a whole different area. And it's like, I mean, it takes a long time to travel to them. Isn't that where you get the bunny ears, too? Yep. Yeah. That's how you get okay. the bunny hood, which is yeah, yeah. The super, mask. super useful in this game. That's the mask actually, I wear the most. In, in. You, you actually don't need them. You can just walk backwards, and you'll go just as fast. Oh, yeah, right. That's more work. God, you just unlock yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> I just played this game a lot back in the day. <laughs> I never... Whoa, I never what? did cheats on it or anything, or like did anything fun like walking backwards. I was just like, I guess I'll go to this top tier dungeon on my first day and see how that goes. One thing. was I going to say? If everyone doesn't have their favorite side carries, what well was everyone's favorite mask? Oh, I do. Well, I do have a favorite side thing. I think it's a side thing. It's that chick whose dad was went down to the well. Oh, and um, Pamela. She, yeah, yes. and she won't answer the door. Until you oh. play the song of healing to cure him. For the Gibdo mask. And if you hit him, she'll kick you out. Yeah, yeah I always found that story incredibly dark just because she is. doesn't know what happened. And now she has, she's like a shut-in. 
trying to protect him because she's fearful that, you know, everyone's going to kill him because he's like well, this hideous monster. When you first go into that area, you have all the mummy things walking around. and they're, I mean, essentially like re-deads. I mean, those things are just creepy as hell. Yeah, but, but uh, you... I would like that because it was it just felt very horror to me. And <laughs> what you, you like. Know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. and one thing I. But <laughs> well, the Gibdo mask, when you wear it, I think it's the Gibdo mask. You wear it by the re-dead. They all start dancing. Yes. Which I like. <laughs> and then I kill them real easy. Otherwise, they start attacking you, which I hate. Sometimes I don't even kill them. I just go by them because I think it's hilarious. They give you a lot of rupees. <laughs> they do give you a lot of rupees, but I didn't need any rupees because I I, my bank was full and my wallet was full, so I actually I couldn't it. pick up any more. <laughs> what a humble break. I was loaded all the time. I didn't actually need any more <laughs> we money. We talked about this in every game. Every game I played, the one thing I am, I am great at in any video game is resource management to the point that any game I will end with like another extra $100,000 than Mike and Stefan. <laughs> Every too much, uh, Resident Evil, Stuart. It is. It's too much. Well, like I said, when we were talking about Golden Sun, I was like, I found a way that I didn't have to use any healing, healing item whatsoever, and I could sell them all. And so I ended the game with like a million gold. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm constantly aware of how much money I have in games. It's, it's Resident Evil, and it's playing a lot of Fallout, like Fallout Three especially. Fallout Three, I would spend hours walking slowly back to Megaton so I could sell everything. <laughs> At least you didn't mention the evil Fallout game again. I would do. Oh, I still I, hate you for that. I would do even dumber stuff in Fallout One, but <laughs> um, but I think we were talking about the desert area as when you as you go to like that 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 dungeon was the one that just was just strange. The stone tower that you go yeah. to after you do everything in that strange. town. <laughs> yeah, stone tower is the worst because you play a song that creates statues of yourself. Yeah, that Ooh. stand on a block and just that creeped me out. Can anyone actually look up the saying to that? I, I just want to know what the line is for that because it's fucking creepy. Oh, yeah, what you think? oh the, the one where you'll create copies of yourself without a heart or like you'll have soldiers. Yeah, the heart. one without yeah. a heart. Yeah, because yeah. they and then they're good in darkness because they have no heart or something. Yes. Yeah, no that's game. a great line. It's just so, so depressing. Everything <laughs> is about death. and. Oh, it really uh, is. And I didn't. Re- I mean, as a kid, I don't think it would have kind of went over me. But as I, as we've been, as we were getting ready for the show, and I'm playing through it, and just it's very depressing. As someone who's been through a lot of a lot of crap in my life, old, as an older Mike now, I'm like, it makes a lot more sense. Did anyone ever? <laughs> uh, did anyone else take take anybody else a ridiculously long time to figure out you could make effigy or you can make like the the statues <laughs> of the other characters? You can make like a Deku statue and a Zora statue as well. Well, I just oh, read yeah. the guy, so it told me, but. <laughs> Yeah, it took me a long ass time to figure out I could make other uh, statues of other heights. I figured that mm-hmm. one out pretty quick. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea why. Uh-huh. It makes you. It, I mean, it gives you three switches when you start out. I want to say. What is mm-hmm. um the uh, the even the eye stones in the game that you just hit? Even they have really creepy sayings and stuff. The stones of truth. Yeah, the stones of truth. Yeah. Kind of look up some of the some of the eye stone sayings because they're all like really creepy they're like it seems to pierce your soul mm-hmm. oh yeah because they're um, they were made originally by the sheikah correct i believe so they, they have the sheikah yes. insignia on the front of them yeah. i think she's gossip right. stones that's what they're called gossip oh stones. yeah stones yeah and it'll give you like little hints about well, like what's going on too <laughs> it's like everybody's gonna die xoxo gossip girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> check out that weird blue-haired kid <laughs> 
but the stone tower, like, because everything flipped, because you have to, at one point you got to flip things in that tower. That also kind of, I, I did not enjoy that final dungeon that much. It was cool, uh, but. Yeah, if, if for anyone who's ever going to play Majora's Mask for the first time, like, when you get through those first couple dungeons and you think they're hard, no, they're not. Stone, <laughs> yes. stone wall. Yeah, that one's the one that really tests your might. And even, Such I think the first time I played it, yeah, it, it, even slowing time down, I had a hard time getting through it yeah, on time. Like, it's long. I mean, I, that's why I didn't. That's why I stopped going for the fairies because that's the one where you got to leave and come back to get some of the fairies. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I don't need the great fairy sword. But then you fight a uh, twin mold who's like your best Zelda boss. He's like your most Zelda. Uh, a giant, a giant centipede that goes in and out of the ground. I love it. And then you have to become a giant <laughs> and punch it. I mean, that yeah. fight was cool. But I didn't know you had to grab him, so I kept punching him. He'd fall down. I'd punch him some more before I read the guide and said, "You need to grab him and throw him." I'm like, "Oh, like wrestling." <laughs> yeah. like every every Zelda game has to have a giant bug, and they got they got a giant bug, and I love it. It was a, was a good fight though. Like that whole that whole scene was epic, and I enjoyed it for the most part. I like the goat the best, I think, because just chasing uh, him around as the Goron ball. I really I thought that was so fun. I did not enjoy that fight. That was my <laughs> least favorite. You have to be patient with it, but I, was, I think that's real fun. I'm not patient. It's also my least favorite uh, boss fight. My my favorite one was Adwala. I loved... Now, Mike, you're not going to be able to relate to this because <laughs> you had your music off, but um, Adwala had... His music was amazing, and I, I think they actually like incorporated what was supposed to be his voice into the music, because yeah. mm-hmm. depending it's on so... how he was posing, he would do just these like tribal roars, and it it was like, just fun. It was like how he activated his magic, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. I had a lot. Of, I always have a lot of trouble with uh, Adawa for some reason. I don't know why. I just he kicks my ass every time. Speaking on the music, it does feel very indigenous. It's yeah. pretty great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the whole swamp area is like super. I mean the whole Woodfall Temple is very like yeah like tribal. It's so <laughs> like that's the part of the game where you're like oh this is gonna be creepy and then you go back and play it a second time you're like this is nothing. This is. This is nothing compared to what I'm about to face. Yeah. <laughs> this, is happy, yeah. this is happy music now. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I think the, the temple music, too, they they do have like a really operatic uh, woman singer um, throughout the temple. I liked that because everything mm-hmm. is very, you know, like 8-bit because it's N64, or, you know, earlier Zelda. But when they have the really beautiful uh, voice acting that... I, I really dig that. It's like the only mm-hmm. voice in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So it, even feels like, it even feels like you've got some connection to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think that was my favorite part about the 3D Zeldas was the, the shift to like more operatic music. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't know where they're like, I, I can imagine for like people freaking out, just going like, oh, where are they going to do with the music? Is it still going to be is it still going to be like the fun music or are they gonna feel like really goofy with it and going like full operatic for ocarina was great and then taking that to like weird i would however you describe majora's mask where it's like super flat and just really like melodic terrible like terrifying music is mm-hmm. my favorite but that all that all fits the whole depressing warped idea which yeah. i feel like that's because, I mean, I never thought about it until it was brought up earlier on the show, but the whole idea, I mean, that, that fits everything with it. Because like, yeah. I know, I, I couldn't find this. I was trying to, I Googled this before the show. Um, I feel like I read this somewhere. I don't think I made this up. That when the creator who made this game, whoever the director was, E.G. Anoma, I think it, or one of those names, 
he was suffering like <laughs> depression. I know I butchered it. Depression or something with death cycle. And that's why when he wrote this, when he made this game, it has a lot to do with death and depression and all that. Everything around you is all about the ending is coming and how do you accept it? Something like that. But I couldn't find right. the article. It's in my head. Well, but Well, Nintendo, I think, always plays off of that philosophy. They always take things from life. Like I know... Uh... Like everyone that's created a Zelda game that's famous now, they've always expressed how some part of it was taken from their life that they attribute it to the mm. story and mechanics of the game. Were they all just and, super high when they wrote Wind Waker? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's drowning, man. <laughs> this game, I mean, especially, you know, it's you know, cool. The beach. <laughs> <laughs> awesome I'm game, like, bro. <laughs> Because uh, this game was just just full of full of that theme everywhere, like especially you know wearing dead people's faces. I mean, everything is all about the emptiness and loneliness of depression, which I you know as as an adult kind of can. It's it's very interesting. I would say everybody else probably knows this except for Mike. If you listen <laughs> to the title music, even the title music has that very like slow melodic, very depressing music. Yeah, and then cool. the last like thirty seconds of the song, it almost changes entirely to like. A really like it gets even darker and like disturbing. Like it gets, it gets super brooding. Yeah, <laughs> it changes from like depressing music to like like almost danger. Terrifying. So, really creepy. There's only one Zelda game I listen to every single song, and that's Link to the Past. But well, yeah. you're wrong. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> that's also you my favorite. Like Zelda Wind Waker. Like, come on. I haven't played Wind Waker in a long time. Yeah, music. Yeah, it's all like played, fun and beachy. I love it. I can't, last time I played Wind Waker, I didn't have a kid yet, so it was a long time ago. <laughs> well, I guess this begs the question: uh, What Zelda soundtrack is your guys' favorite? Link uh, to the past, but I don't count. This is this is going to sound weird. Uh, actually, Hyrule Warriors. Okay. Oh, good game. I've heard that before. Yeah, it's a very it's, good game if you like what it is. It, the music is. It's legit. I wasn't a big fan of the gameplay because it was so vastly different than every other game. But it that music, that was dope. <laughs> I still gotta play it. My favorite is uh, my favorite game in the series is Majora's Mask, and its music is my second favorite music. My favorite music is Wind Waker, and that's my second favorite <laughs> game in the series. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Wind Waker is my favorite too. Mm. Wind Waker is just so fun and. I don't know. I think it partially it might be living near the beach as well for me, where it's just like like yeah, having that constant music throughout my entire childhood and then playing Wind Waker. It's like I recognize all this stuff. <laughs> oh, one thing we hadn't touched on yet. We talked a little bit about uh, the Great Bay, but that that water temple boss or not boss, but that whole temple, that, that temple was annoying. It reminded me a lot of Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Not I mean, as annoying. The water but, temple. Yeah, yeah. that's the go. I mean, that was the temple that started it. That was the temple that started the joke about. Yeah, water temples being the worst. It, it lived that up is, this game too. That is the water temple. I, I mean, I didn't hate it, but that's what I used to guide. <laughs> so I hated the, the snowhead temple. That was my least favorite. But the I hardest part about the snowhead is getting to the goddamn, getting past the fucking Goron. I thought, because yeah. I I spent so long trying to get like close to him, forgetting that you had to put him to sleep. <laughs> and so just weird. Yeah, I like spent so long trying to get up past him because he you can like you can get past him on the bridge if you time it exactly right. <laughs> and so I just I probably spent like two hours doing that before I was like, fuck it. Oh, yeah, I need music. God damn it. <laughs> ah, I hate everything. <laughs> just getting blown off over and over and over again. 
it's the dark part about that too is that's where oh god what's his name uh the the dead goron one um dorman is it that sounds right i'm looking at it right now oh thank you <laughs> but yeah isn't he climbing up the mountain and then he falls off it and that's how he dies yes yeah mm-hmm. so you're like following on this dead guy's footsteps up this mountain where you could fall off and die, which as a kid, like I didn't really process that. But now knowing about falling deaths, I'm like, Oh wow. That's really awful. That's a terrible way to go. Darmani the third Darmani. Darmani. Okay. Yeah. 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 And he's like, he is, he was considered like the single best Goron warrior that ever existed. Mm -hmm. And he died because he, he fell off a path and it's like, Oh, well, that shit's probably real dangerous then. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yes. not like, it's not like some dude died. It's the single best Koron warrior fell to his death. And you're like, oh, great. Now I've got to go past that. Mm-hmm. One thing I think is funny, like when you wear their when you wear their faces, people recognize you as the person. One thing I think is funny is when you wear their faces. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It didn't come off right. Over here. Funny wasn't the word I should have used, but it's what I went with. And I just kept going. Uh, it is funny. funny. <laughs> it's funny. When you wear Darmani's face and they're like, Darmani, you're alive. What? Oh, funny was not the word I should have used. Are you sure you weren't in a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mike? (laughs) Wearing other people's faces. I've never seen that movie, actually, either. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't like horror movies at all. Tiff loves horror movies. has a freaking tattoo of of the horror characters on her arm. I hate horror movies. I also don't like survival horror games. Is that you don't really see any of the deaths, but somehow it's still one of the most scary movies ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's on my list to watch someday. I think wait, you so, see like you see like one death in that movie. Is that right, Stefan? Uh, I think you see, see you see one character think, directly get killed. Everything else is off screen. I think. Yeah, the other one you're just like, oh well, she's obviously dead, but you don't see it. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. it's terrifying. <laughs> yes, but uh, speaking of wearing people's faces, Mike, how fun <laughs> was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what part? I assume you're talking about wearing wearing Darmani's mask, and everyone calls you Darmani. I don't know. It, I just thought that because I remember as a kid thinking that was. I, don't, I feel I don't know why I want to use the word funny again, but I just want to. It doesn't fit right. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it is like kind of weird and wacky where they're like Darmani. Oh, I back. think I thought Wait, it. How did you get back here, Darmani? I thought you were. We all knew you were dead. We all celebrated your funeral, and we all <laughs> we were all there when you died. And you had I mean, as back. a kid, I think it was funny, but as, and as an adult. Not so funny anymore. <laughs> like, none of the other characters would do that. Nobody calls you Macau. But I people, they do. I think they say. Like, I didn't talk to anybody as Macau. I was just. I was at that point where I was just going through the game at that. But I think a couple people like confuse you. But it's not like in the Goron village, everybody thinks you're Darmani. When you're Macau, like, and you come across Lulu, she's like, "You're not Macau. I know you're not Macau. Like your, your bandmates. I'm pretty sure your bandmates are like, "Who the hell are you?" Like the stage manager is like, oh, you're Macau. Can you help me get this lights up? These lights up, even though I'm the stage manager and it's literally my job. <laughs> and you're the lead guitarist and that's has nothing to do with what you do. If it wasn't for this podcast, I would have I would have hundred percent of this game. But I was I just I get I started feeling rushed. Mm. Without, it's but... I mean, there's a lot there. Like this game can be beaten this game can be beaten very quickly. But if yeah. you want hundred percent it, it's like another twenty hours. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. little, I mean all the side quests, I mean the heart pieces if you go down that road. Like I said, you, you come across pretty much every single character. Oh, mm-hmm. are you guys ready to move on to the moon? Or any other things you want to say? Yeah. Does anyone have a... did we say favorite masks? I don't think oh. we started to. We started, yeah. yeah. Then we went somewhere else. Because each of the masks did something very specific and very fun. Uh 
I'll go for. I'll go next. Uh, Bunny Hood. Oh, that's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Good pick. It runs fast. I, I like speed. We're gonna exclude Fierce mm-hmm. Duty from this. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before someone's gonna pick, before someone picks the obvious answer. That was the one mask that I didn't get growing up because I was never good enough to get it. But well, it's not like it, you need it or anything. <laughs> not really. But when you can't get it, that's when you want it. It's the best. Yeah, answer. it's it, you could pretty much kill bosses like nothing when you get it, especially Whoa. Majora. I always thought it the needed Yasha mask because he made you look like Inuyasha, which I thought was cool. <laughs> <laughs> It's overpowered. <laughs> yeah, but you only really the only fight you're gonna have left when you get the fierce fierce deity mask is Majora because you get it right before you fight him if you got all the other masks in the game. Yeah, so I mean right. you can go back and fight the other bosses, but you don't need to. You, I mean, right. like, it's not that hard to fight the other bosses because you don't have to do the whole temples again. You can go straight to the bosses, which I was very thankful for when I found that out because I had to go back to get the upgraded sword. I was yeah, very otherwise thankful. otherwise mm-hmm. it's impossible. Like there's no way you could do the entire temple. I didn't want. Uh, to. Outside of like, what about the main masks though that you get from each temple, like the I, Deku Zora? I say those count. If you want to choose one of those as a favorite, go ahead. Yeah, Zora, I'm, I'm just going Fierce because Fierce DD is literally like kill everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Zora mask is my favorite, uh, which That's is odd true. considering like water scares the shit out of me. But the Zora were actually my favorite people. Um, I think that. Great Bay was so like visually stunning, and <laughs> it was just so pretty. And I loved the swimming and how fast you could go. So I was <laughs> way into that. I always knew if I, was a, <laughs> if I was a Zelda character, I'd be like one of those lazy Zora that just doesn't do anything and hangs out <laughs> on the side of the coral reef all day. I was like, yeah, that'd be me. That's a hundred percent. I I have no I have no like false false delusions of grandeur that I'm gonna be Link or some shit. I'm the lazy Zora. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say the most prettiest part in the whole game is definitely Zora's Bay with the sun setting over the little raft with the the house on it. It's so depressing too. God, it's so lonely. Like it's the most beautiful part of the game and also the loneliest part of the game. It's just such a weird juxtaposition <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite mask was probably, as a kid, my favorite mask was the Keaton mask, because I thought that looked really cool, because um, <laughs> I like foxes. As an adult, my favorite mask is the Blast mask, because it literally just, <laughs> your face blows up. Like, that's it's what the really mask useful. does. You really blow your face up. It almost kills you every single time, and it kills everything in front of you. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Your it's face awesome. explodes. That's the mask. It's Your face explodes. And I, I never enjoyed the Great Fairies mask. That always creeped me out seeing Link wearing the Great Fairies mask. I don't know. I, it just did. I mean, no real reason. It just, I just didn't like that. I never liked that mask as a kid because it was to me when I when I was when I was thir- twelve years thirteen. I'm like, this is not cool. Well, it's also it gives you like a giant wow. head on. Oh no, it's tiny, just, tiny kid's body. <laughs> I mean, it, it's useful. It's really freaking useful to get those fairies. Like I would, ne- you never get them without them. Uh, yeah, you literally <laughs> need them for a lot of them. I mean, the masks all have different. Almost all the masks have a unique feature that somehow plays a part in something. Yeah, Which there's is... a couple that have like very singular roles, but yeah, scent mask. Like this, yeah, the scent. I mask. Never used it. I mean, well, I scent still mask, love it. The scent I mask actually does. You can use it in a couple different areas. It's it's very specific areas in the game, but there's more areas than that one place that you can use it in. I still can't get over what she said about the all night mask. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I was. <laughs> all night mask is creepy as fuck. I didn't get yeah. it. You, you know, the, the one thing I forgot to say was that um, 
the reason I thought that that was used in the Icana War was because uh, Sakon had it. Mm. Um, Sakon, Sakon, uh, Sakon. Sakon had it, and he lived in Icana. And I can imagine him going into the ruins of the castle and being like, "I'm going to steal this shit and pawn it." <laughs> it makes <laughs> sense. I mean, it fits like that whole idea, which we we didn't really talk about the Icana or Icana. We didn't. It's a little side thing you do before the stone tower where you have to go fight skeletons. What I love about that is it's the same um, skeletons, yeah. Uh, What I love about that is it's it's the same as the, it's like the equivalent of the graveyard in Ocarina of Time, but it's just the graveyard on crack. Like, how would you, like, the graveyard in Ocarina of Time is the creepiest part of that game by far. Oh, absolutely. It's it's up there with, I'd say the Skulltula house is up there with it, but it's so creepy. And then in Majora's Mask, it's like, how do we make a graveyard even creepier? We'll just make it like a war zone, like a like a military <laughs> graveyard. And they also have two Skulltula house and or Skull, how are you pronounce that word in this game too? I only did one of them. Skulltulas. Skulltulas. I, I only like did tarantula. Skulltula. Oh, okay. Spider boys. Spider boys. Yeah. <laughs> Skullface. Yes. Skullface. <laughs> just call him the Skullface Killer. That's his name. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, oh, and I had a friend. I had a friend that that, that straight up just called them skull fuckers. I was like, that's the worst name. That's a little it's different like, there. He's like, how many of the skull fuckers did you find? I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, the, skull uh, the question is, how old? They're all over the place. How old was this person when they made that joke? Because when they you're were, younger, you might not realize what you're saying. This but... was when we were like 11, and he okay, definitely he didn't know. <laughs> yeah, he definitely didn't know, know what skull fucker <laughs> meant. That is not rated E for everyone. <laughs> I thought that was like looking back at it. It's one of the funniest damn things. It's like, hey, yeah, which you seen any skull fuckers around here? I'm like, I, I, Ganon, he's not in this game. Who are you talking about? <laughs> who, who, who do you hate that much in, in Ocarina? Yeah, was at the gym while this was occurring. <laughs> and then once you do get all, because in this game, you don't get coins or, or triforce pieces or anything you're getting these masks that you need to set free these big giants that are stopped the moon in the end which is how you get to the moon to do the final done well, the final part yeah you have to like you have to awaken four giants yeah which i feel like is probably a metaphor for something too which literally just hold up the moon they're like yeah we'll, we'll take it mm-hmm. if majora kills people and traps their souls in masks which he did basically with everybody it definitely does <laughs> uh did he do that to his friends too? Who are the the people holding up the moon? Are I they? I want to say yes because Probably. they say they make a comment about we forgive you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that... And they, they do say they're his friend. So they so and they're like we're well, always was... your friend, something like that. Not Majora, yeah. Skull Kid. Skull Kid. Yeah, Majora is a very right. different character. Right, right, right. Excuse me. So it's the Skull Kid doing the things, being influenced by Majora the Mask for majority of the game yeah a majority yeah and majora does (laughs) cast the skull kid aside at some point and say you're garbage you've ran out your usefulness and now i got it from here yeah and uh i've always had a theory that the moon actually isn't part of termina or the world in general because it would fall out of the orbit once it's (laughs) destroyed i think it's just part of uh majora's own powers is what (laughs) it is still feel like everything's just a yeah. dream and he's just suffering a very bad nightmare. That didn't make yeah. so much sense. Because Majora, so actually, serious. the actual character Majora, 
just never really showed up in in Zelda. You get like in, you get like an incarnation of him, but the actual mm-hmm. character Majora is just kind of like this weird like myth in the universe. Yes, mm-hmm. the the mask was created by some forgotten tribe, and it was used to hex people, and then it was locked away so that no one else could use it. Um, and then it was unlocked. Uh, now I read online that there are some manga um, series of Legend of Zelda that. They talk about Majora, and Majora's actually a dragon, and that the mask was created after um, after the dragon was pretty much going nuts, and someone distracted it by, like... Imagine, like, it's kind of like No-Face from Spirit Away. Like, if yes. his face became, like, a mask thousands of years in the future that people just Ugh. had, they didn't really know who No-Face is. Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. like, the manga explanation. I don't know if that's canon to Zelda, or if it's, it's like... even... I don't think it is canon. Because even Termina has like different lore. Like they have some some of the stuff is very Hyrulean or Hillian, sorry. <laughs> some of the stuff is very Hillian where it's like the same <laughs> the same backstory, but then like a lot of their myths are all mixed up too. So mm-hmm. it's it's hard to say like, oh, is this a dream world or is this a alternate universe? And if that's the case, then does Majora only exist in this or is Majora a character overall? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like it's Necronomicon. Yeah, like isn't Majora like the like the Cthulhu of this universe where he's always existed, <laughs> and parts of him will always exist somehow. Okay. So, so here's a question: If if uh, then Skull Kid plus Majora killed his friends and trapped them in masks, or trapped their spirits in masks, who is the fierce deity? I don't know because the kids are even weirder because there's. I I think this was just a thing that they did um, to save on resources, but you can actually, like, some people actually went into the Majora's Mask files and removed <laughs> the masks from the Moon Kids, and they have the face of the Happy Mask Salesman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, Which just raises a hundred more questions. Well, uh, like, in the, in the end, after you get him the mask back, he just disappears. He just, like, fades away in the ending. Yeah. So... Which adds more to it too. It's like, who is he? Why does he have these masks? I mean, he has Mario's mask too, which is just an Easter egg. But yeah, got a lot of interesting things on the, on his backpack. But it's yeah, like, why does a, he have something of so much power? He's a weird character. Uh, what he says at the end is, uh, whenever there is a meeting, a parting shall follow. But mm-hmm. that parting needs not last forever. Whether a parting be forever or me- merely for a short while, that is up to you. Which essentially means. I am forever. <laughs> yeah, I am omnipotent Cthulhu. Which we didn't mention in 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 the beginning of this, but when you when you first start the, the game, one of the first things he says to you, which I had forgotten about till Helena had posted a screenshot of it, is you had met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Mm. It's how yes. the game starts out early on. Yeah, you always get the sense that the mass salesman is not like he presents himself as just a salesman, but the sense is like, oh, he's he's got something else going on. He knows yeah. way more than any because you can even go back to them and like show him the masks and he knows everything about every mask pretty much oh i didn't i never did that i yeah, never if, talked to him again if you go back to him and just like hold uh, instead of putting the mask on in front of him, you can just hold the mask up in front of him and he'll say like oh that's the that's the all night mask oh that's a really mysterious mask little is known about it so he has all this like knowledge and it's like who are you because he's never in town he's always just hiding in the clock tower underneath the skull kid at the exact huh. epicenter where the fucking moon would hit you're like, what are you? How do you belong in this universe? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I I always thought that he was like, yeah, like he was some kind of I don't know, like a not a god, but some kind of like weird supernatural creature that just came in and out, like 
He's like the Mushishi or something. <laughs> I did just, not get that reference. At the Mushi from Mushishi. It's an anime that no one watched except for. Well, it's, it's gotten quite a few views oh. recently. But it's like a, a spirit, just a okay, like a wandering spirit that has a very specific goal, and his is just like <laughs> like archaeology, <laughs> finding these masks and collecting them. He doesn't <laughs> trade them; like he just travels around collecting them. Yeah, and then he freaks out when he loses them. Yeah, he loses. <laughs> well, he loses the most powerful mask of all time, which for some reason isn't like locked up at the center of a fucking sun. <laughs> yeah, I want to know how he got his hands on it. Yeah, yeah. That's another question: is how did Majora's Mask even get to him? And where the fuck is it now? <laughs> yeah. Is he in some yeah. all like is he just traveling through dimensions? Is he traveling through dreams and dimensions and <laughs> exists outside them all? Oh, do you guys have any more things you want to say about the game before we go to listener questions? Because I do have some other some stuff we haven't really brought. It will be brought up some of the questions I have for us. Uh, yes. There's so much to say about this game. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> uh there is there was one thing. The hand coming out of the toilet. So, oh, oh yeah. yeah! I was actually thinking about him earlier because I was like, I bet Mike's gonna say that's his favorite character. I don't. Yeah. I forgot all about that character because when I when I first played the beginning part of this game, I was on a train. This was like two weeks ago when I was in Chicago. So I forgot completely all about that. So let me tell you what I found out because, of course, uh, yeah, <laughs> the hand out of a toilet. I was like, what the fuck is up with this? So, um. There is a lot of Japanese lore and mythology around ghosts in bathrooms. There are a bunch of different ghost stories. They kind of have like a version of um, Bloody Mary named Hanako-san, who if you say, are you there, Hanako-san, she might come out. Now, all these, not all these ghosts are bad, but some of them are. And so I think that this one is a variation of the Akamanto myth. Uh, there's a, a few different versions around Japan. Um, one of them is that a man will appear in a red cape and hood and he'll say red paper, blue paper, uh-huh. as in like uh, toilet paper. And depending on how you answer, um, that'll change the way he kills you. So if you say red paper, he'll stab you and all the blood will make you red. Um, if you say blue paper, he'll choke you and, you know, um, muscles. Real lose-lose situations. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's not good. But one of the versions of the myths, um, or that myth, the Akomanto, is that it's the arm of a hairy yokai reaching out from the toilet. And that oh my gosh. they grope the bottom of the person using the toilet. Okay. So, oh, man. this <laughs> Everything about this game yeah. is dark. It's, it, that's funny to me, because that's like, that again, it's terrifying and disturbing. That character in the game is probably the most comical character. Yes. Who doesn't even have a name. His name is just three question marks. And I think you have to give him a... Don't you give him, like, the deed or something? Yep, you give him the yes. deed. You give him the deed <laughs> to the building that he's in for toilet paper, and he gives you a heart piece. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This flushes, really reminded me... He flushes Sorry, the toilet somehow. He flushed, there's a toilet flush is, is heard, but it's like an old-school, like, latrine, so it's even funnier. <laughs> This really reminded me of a dark Chuck Palahniuk story where um, kids would go down to the bottom of the pool where the the suction is. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yep, and they would put their butts there, and the suction would actually suck out the back of the rectum of their intestines into it, and they would drown because they were not able to pull it out. Yep, it was the inspiration for a death in uh, Final Destination. It was also the dumbest death in Final Destination. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. 
That's Sorry, right. I had to bring that up. This is a very depressing <laughs> episode. I just want to say that. Like, this is not our normal. Our uh, episodes are very comical, and I'm just sitting here thinking about this. Like, this is very, very depressing episode. We'll just we'll get it back on track. Uh, Fierce the idiot <laughs> is Super Saiyan Link. Oh my God, we almost <laughs> yeah. made it. Almost made it without all, a single reference. All week long, I was thinking about how I'm gonna. How am I gonna bring up that Fierce the idiot is just Link Super Saiyan too? Uh, you have a point, <laughs> but unfortunate. <laughs> We had yes. mentioned. I will mention the Majora's Mask fight. I mean, that fight was interesting. He goes through the the three different forms that you have. They're all so mm-hmm. creepy too. Yeah, they are. You just fight him, and he fight Majora's incarnation and Majora's wrath. And the first two, the first one and the third one, both involve tentacles being thrown at you the whole entire time. Yeah, but the whole thing is just strange. <laughs> I like are very threatening. So yes, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I always had so many questions about that, where I was like, how much of how much of what's going on is Skull Kid and how much of what's going on is like the influence of Majora? Mm-hmm. I would say almost all of it is is Majora playing on the insecurity of Skull Kid and the loneliness and the achievingness, mm-hmm. but taking it and using it in a form of evil in a sense. Yeah, but at some, point, like, at some point he pretty much stops being Skull Kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted like I've always wanted to play the game and try to like Try to like really nail down at what point is he no longer Skull Kid in the story? Is it once you get to the moon, or is it like day the end of day one? Would you say it's more akin to like Bob from Twin Peaks? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do not get that reference by the way. All right, Uh, (laughs) it's okay. Don't explain it. I know two (laughs) listeners that will get it, and that's it. I also do not get that reference. <laughs> I never was like Twin Peaks yet. All Bob right, is like gonna... a uh, a malevolent thing that takes over people, and it's like they it goes back and forth between them being in control and Bob being in direct direct control. But he's always influencing their actions. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really close metaphor, actually. Yeah, I think like the way it works, especially in Bob's case and Majora's Mask, is that like like. In the in Twin Peaks, the dad thinks his daughter's pretty, so Bob says, "Well, she's pretty enough to rape." As yeah. in, like Majora's Mask, it's kind of the same <laughs> thing with really Skull dark. Kid. Where Twin like, Peaks is he, fucked up, guys. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but uh, in Majora's Mask, show. in Majora's Mask, it's kind of the same thing. Where it's like, none of these people like you. You're a loner. You should probably kill them with this moon. Yeah. You know, like he's influencing through action. I'm not right? going to. I'm always going to have that connection in my head now. Of Majora's, Majora is just Bob from Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It always made me want to, like, like I don't know. I It makes me want a Majora-based Zelda game where it's like you actually have to fight some real incarnation of Majora, but I don't know if I want that. Like, Part of me loves that it's just this unexplored evil thing that like existed way in the past and maybe exists outside of time. And another part of me is like, I would love to have a giant Majora fight where it's like, like maybe, like, I think that would have to be the last Zelda game they ever made where Link, Zelda, and Ganon all have to team up to fight Majora. Ugh. Like, they all have to be, like, they, they all recognize that there's a bigger threat. My dream. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's awesome. the next one. Like I said, the, the hint with the next one is that you're going to play as Zelda and it'll be a different story. Like, that's what people are hoping for right now. That would be uh, legit. We- you know, I had a question. Would you did you guys feel overwhelmed or underwhelmed by the boss fight in this game compared to the previous game? I don't say I, I don't want to say it's underwhelming. I think the previous game it was more climactic because it's still Ganon. Mm-hmm. Ganondorf, it's still Ganondorf. You're still fighting like 
And he, he's like more of a direct antagonist in that game. In mm-hmm. Majora's Max, like Skull Kid, he's not even really the antagonist. Like he, he screws with you in the beginning and then the game is kind of just like fixing his mistakes. But like even mm-hmm. when you beat him, it's you're not like it's not like you're trying to kill the guy. Like you're just trying to get Majora's Mask from him so he'll stop. Whereas right. you know, Ocarina of Time, like Ganon's Gandor's actively like kidnapping Zelda and screwing over Hyrule and Yeah. I would agree with that. Working against you. So yeah, it's more climactic okay. in Ocarina. Majora's Mask is more like just atmospheric. <laughs> it's just stuff's happening. Yeah. Mike? Uh I mean, it's been a long time to beat Ocarina. But Ocarina felt more epic just because you have so much more history with Ganondorf and everything. But I liked it. I mean, I had no problem with this fight at all. I thought it was cool, and I enjoyed it a lot. Nice. All right, I'm going to bring us over to listener questions. I do have a, a few I want to read. Um, one that will take us into something else we haven't brought up yet that I want to, but that'll be the end of that part. One question from Sebastian. He said, first time playing it, or do you have any memories with it? Which we mostly answered earlier. I mean, all of us had played a little bit before. <laughs> Another one, let's see. Here, this one from Daniel. Which version do you prefer? The N64 or the 3DS? My N64. I say 3DS. Um, I'm, but I'm only one I think I've played the 3DS out of us four. It's not 3DS. Like the 3DS. Uh, I, I like that the, like, I understand that they added the eyes as like a mechanical update in the 3DS version to the bosses to make it a little easier, but mm-hmm. it's not bad. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool, but I don't know. I like how like almost patchwork they are in in the N sixty four game. Yeah, yeah. I... They almost look more like I mean, Goat and Bjorg, and I guess even Twin Mold. Kind of, they almost look more machine than like organic creature. Yeah, Odal I agree was, with that. Odal was the only one who looks like he's he like he was at some point he was a living human or whatever that just got turned into a spirit. The rest look like they're all. Like, like patchwork together. And I think the uh, eyes would I, make them look too organic to me. I, I would disagree for the bosses only in the 3DS version, like Adola. Mm. I mean, you can take them out with anything, freaking bubbles. Like, you could be <laughs> Bubble Man and take them out. Uh, in the 3DS version, you actually have to use the Deku, which is what you are for that temple. Right. And okay. pop out of the flower and drop shit on them and stun them and all that. I think it's a little <laughs> bit more immersive that way. Yeah, it might just be that I, I played the N sixty four one first, so that's the one I like best. Yeah, yeah that probably has a lot to do with it. I, I never really played, Definitely. played it. I agree with that too. I tried to replay the N sixty four version actually on my N sixty four, and it was so blocky that I could barely <laughs> see anything. I was like, man, I used to remember this being so gorgeous, and now I just think my childhood brain couldn't comprehend it, so I just filled everything in. Just look at all the fan art of it, because there's plenty out there. Oh, yeah. 64 hasn't, that whole polygon era hasn't aged as well. No, it's, I mean, yeah, old Zelda games, I don't want Nintendo to go down the remake, like the remaster route, really. I, I like that Nintendo is constantly putting out new stuff. They're always working on new things, and that like they don't want to be remastering old stuff all the time, but I would love for them to at some point go back and just be like, "Hey, we're gonna re we're gonna re-release like the collector's edition remastered, like just mm-hmm. slightly update." I mean, the first two D games would be pretty easy to update, just make them look a little bit better. And then Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, as like, mm-hmm. God, I don't even know if like maybe not even on par with Twilight Princess, but just just better. <laughs> 
Oh, I'd cry. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, oh my God. yeah. I think everyone would just love Nintendo for that. They said, hey, we're going to remaster Ocarina of Time. I don't think anybody out there would be like, oh, I can't believe they're remastering everything. Just people would be like, yeah, okay. You, like, this is your, you get your one. They kind of remaster Ocarina of Time with a 3DS version in a way. Kind of, but it's not like a Not a full graphic. remake. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah. If they remade those games, I think that'd be fantastic. I get that. Three more questions I want to read. First one, because I this one's kind of to me from Carrie, because I said that Majora's Mask I called an underrated of the Zelda games, and his and his question was, is it really underrated? I I still think it is. I think this is one of the least played ones for the Zelda for the 3D Zelda series. Uh, I wouldn't say anymore. Not anymore. Not with Skyward Sword. Uh, yeah, no. Skyward I forget. Sword. About, yeah, right. I guess I forgot about Skyward Sword in general, so that didn't help. That <laughs> I mean, Good I'll point. say this game. Had like I was looking at reviews of it, and it had mixed reviews when it came out. But it's, I mean, it's considered to be one of the greatest games of all time now. So I wouldn't say it's underrated. Mm-hmm. Any, I'd say it was. I'd say it's underplayed, but it's not underrated. Okay, underappreciated too. Yeah, maybe not yeah. even underappreciated. Just underplayed. Just more people need to play it. More people need to yeah, experience it. Which I, I agree too. After finally going through 19 years later and playing it, yeah, it, it's definitely something people should play. Next sure. time you wanna, <laughs> next time you get in one of those moods and you wanna watch like something that makes you cry instead of play Majora's Mask. Yeah, honestly, though. Yeah. Uh, but, um, one, <laughs> top, next ten, top ten saddest anime deaths. <laughs> uh, from a picture of the moon. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, no, next question from Michael. Do you believe that Majora's Mask is really all about Link going through the stages of grief over Navi's death? Oh, over Navi's Very interesting death. point. I've heard, I've heard that theory before. Oh. Um, I like the dream better, but that also makes sense. That whole, like, because everything, everything about this game, I... I, you know, it's all about depression and death, and it does make sense. Well, yeah. there is that also, yeah. I've heard that theory before where, like, the, the one of the stages of grief where it's like, um, anger is the, the Deku shrine. Um, I actually pulled up that tab, uh, before we started so that we could talk about that. <laughs> well, there you go. You read it off then, because I'm not going to be able to remember the five stages of grief. I think it's yes. anger, depre- anger, denial. No, it's denial, anger, depression, acceptance. Uh, ex- uh, I call he starts it off. I'm gonna read it off, then he starts reading it off. Well, I think I got it, and I want to. I want to be satisfied in getting it right. It's You're denial. missing one. You're missing one. I, yeah, there's five. It's denial. It's the first one. Anger uh-huh. is the second one. Uh-huh. Um, is depression the third one or the fourth one? It's the fourth one. You're missing the third one. Uh, bargaining, bargaining, bargaining. bargaining. Yes. yes, yes, and then <laughs> depression and acceptance. So, denial is Clocktown. And that is uh, represented by the citizens of Clocktown by when they're refusing to believe that the moon will actually fall, mm-hmm. uh, which we we talked about with the carpenters and how um, they kind of said, you know, this is a mass panic. Don't worry about it. And then at the end, they all had to accept. Well, not all of them accepted it. That <laughs> one carpenter was still fighting it to the end. Um, but like up until the end of day two, everyone's still in town and still yeah. getting like that's all, like only until like the beginning of day three are people going. I think we should get out of here. Yep. <laughs> we have a day to outrun a moon. Yep. So then uh, step two is anger, and that's represented by Woodfall, and that we see with the Deku King when he's pissed off that his daughter went missing, and he becomes so angry that he starts to punish the monkey, which. It's also a really brutal part of the game. You can actually watch the monkey be tortured. Um, mm-hmm. It gets lowered into boiling water. I did not know that. 
because I didn't yep. I didn't stick around. But no, that is creepy as hell. So yeah. how is the Goron Shrine bargaining then? Because Darbany begs you to bring him back to life. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was the only one I couldn't think of. And, yeah. Yeah. and depression, I guess, being the Great Bay and all yeah. that yes. stuff. Right. Lulu, so that's, makes sense. that's really Lulu. And there's a lot of talk online about her going through postpartum depression. I can see that. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. She also, yeah, because she, she also seems to like know Macau is dead before anybody else even knows. Mm -hmm. Like, I haven't seen him. He's dead. <laughs> Which yeah. is a, that's a healthy reaction to have. If your partner doesn't come home for like, if he's like an hour late, just be like, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the end. <laughs> Retweet. I totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, and then acceptance is the last one, and I mean, Icana Valley is, it. everyone is dead. Yeah. It's literally accepting that everyone is dead, and, and we're all yeah, so, like, chill about it, too. They're like, yep, we're ghosts. Yeah. Like, they're swinging on vines and stuff, and be like, what the hell are you doing here? This is ghost territory. They're like the jets. They're like the fucking jets from West, West Side Story. <laughs> they come in snapping. <laughs> they, snap. they try to snap, but they can't snap because they don't have hands, so they're just like, they're making the snapping noises with their mouths. They come up... <laughs> They're like shaking their hands, like snap, snap, snap. Imagine this was snapping; it'd it's be better. Cracking. <laughs> They're cracking their bones. God, oh, that's uh, a good point. I didn't really think about all. I mean, I, I know I've heard that story. Be I've heard this before, but that was very interesting. Yeah, I've heard uh, you know, Pretty you know what else too? Gomez, yeah. he is like the Grim Reaper, is he not? Ooh. Yes, I watched a few videos on that too. Which guy are we talking yeah. about? I'm confused. The one with the sky. I don't remember this. Hold on. In, <laughs> he's in, like a. That was the are you talking about the guy the... with the purple mask? Yeah, no. he's like a. He's, he's like a. Temple, right, and he's literally like a shadow dude with bats around him, and he. Oh, just like, yes, yes. Okay, I see. Like, what I'm talking about. Not a Skype. <laughs> 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 That's why I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, he's got a Skype in his. A Skype. <laughs> A scythe, sorry. <laughs> I scythe thought he was joking at first that, that last time, but he wasn't joking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a scythe. Yeah, we're all over the place in this episode. Yeah, oh we are. Scythe, I think, is the most heinous. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're trying I to inject fun. humor into this depression-filled episode. So. <laughs> for, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm the only one actually drinking beer during this episode. So oh, yeah, I'm, drinking, <laughs> I'm drinking a, um, a La Croix. <laughs> Which Mike oh. thought was beer on the first episode. Um, What'd you just call it? La Croix. Oh, <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> La Croix. Uh, I've got my La Croix. My croissant. <laughs> Stop. It was one of the early episodes. I made that joke when you opened the can. So it was a long yeah. time ago. Oh, wow. All right. And since, we're speaking, about, since we're speaking about depression, we're going to do our last question. Well, I saved this for last, but I did want to bring this up. And this, yeah, and he said, guys from Brian, he says, not my favorite Zelda game, but still great. However, I like it more for the kick-ass urban legend it spawned, Ben Drown. Oh, I was going to bring yes! it up. Which I wanted I to bring. The, I know Helena had mentioned wanting to bring this up, so I was waiting nice. to, and we're just about done with this game. Yeah. Is that like one of the first creepypastas ever? Yes. It's, oh, it's got I, I, I to be like one of the first big three. When I found it as a kid, it, it, it creeped me out because I always believed in ghosts and I still do. And especially as a kid, when I was reading it, so probably a few years after I found out about the game, it really, it really messed with me. I remember that much. It's so good. I love it. Oh, it, I love this story. 
And for those that don't know what we're talking about, if you Google Ben Drown, creepypasta, Majora's Mask, something of that nature, it's a a horror story about a guy who finds a copy of Majora's Mask in like a garage sale or something, I want to say. Yeah, with the word, with the name Ben written on it in like marker. He's given the name by an old man. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. And it originally was posted onto 4chan and there were multiple different okay sorry this is where <laughs> i geek out because i really love the ben drown story um so he posted multiple hopefully, quotes. hopefully we don't have to describe what creepy pastas are <laughs> eh, we keep going we're good <laughs> <laughs> it's very pasta. uh yes so he made multiple posts talking about what is going on with this crazy game cartridge and then he also introduced videos that um they were in dot WMB format and yeah. it looks legit and basically as he's playing all these creepy things happen like the game gets inverted music is playing backwards mm. textures disappear and then the elegy of emptiness statue starts following him around and you, yeah. can, you keep hearing um happy mask salesman laughing mm-hmm. and uh, then like crazy accounts pop up um that say like Ben and then Ben drowned. It's it's yeah, absolutely and it's like wild. it keeps it's like doesn't it keep teleporting him and like sending the elegies underwater as well. Like at yes. the bottom of uh the bottom of the Great Bay. Yeah, and and the one part that like is really creepy is um sends him to the top of the clock tower where he's fighting Majora's Mask and Skull Kid, and Link just bursts into flame on top of this tower. And then the game restarts suddenly, and when it opens back up, Link, the character, like, the sprite is laying in a way that it never has in the game before. Like, back looks broken. Yeah, so at that point, you're like, oh, well, you can just edit this. But at this, you're just like, holy shit, what is wrong with this game? (laughs) I remember, I don't know if it was the first creepypasta. Well, it definitely wasn't the first, but it was, like, probably the most convincing earlier. I was probably like the first creepypasta that was really done up with real production. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just so, it was so creepy and so weird. The it idea still of uh, me out game. all these years later. It's amazing. I never read them. <gasps> I have the link. I'll send it to you. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, I could probably really like a couple of Okay, so Stefan, there's a lot of shit out there. There's a lot of shit. <laughs> Ben Drown is is pretty good. There's also another one I should send you about um, a cave that's really good. I will read all of them. Absolutely. (laughs) Have you ever heard about the Russian sleep experiment? Uh, Are we on the same website? I'm looking at that too. (laughs) (laughs) That's like one of the most famous ones. No, that one always stuck with me because that was like about insomnia. That was super creepy. Oh no. Yeah, I'll say the cave one is the best by far, I think. I'll send you that one. Is that the this hole was made for me? No, that's the Junji uh, Junji Ito manga. There's another one that's like, oh yeah, a um, it's about like a spelunker who keeps going into this cave and he thinks he's hearing stuff in it. Oh god, it's called Ted the Caver. I would also like that link, please. If anyone's picture. never read uh, Junji Ito, please read him as well. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely crazy, disturbing stuff. Send me whatever Absolutely. links you guys want. I'll include them in the show notes for when I publish this tomorrow. Absolutely. Okay. It's just going to be, people are going to be like, they're talking about a Zelda game. Why the fuck are all these creepypastas in Junji Ito oh. in the show notes? 
<laughs> an hour and 46 minutes in, you'll find out. Uh, we'll be a little bit left after I get done cutting out spaces, but it'll be close. <laughs> Our show notes would be like every single episode, the first note would have to be like Dragon Ball Z. It's just always <laughs> on there. Unfortunately. All right, before we get Shelfer Box, why don't we do something happy? Let's do a C fact. I need something okay. non depressing in this episode. My C fact. Uh, <laughs> for. For this week's episode of Whale, 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 what do we have here? For all, all intents and purposes. This stroke, colon, um, I'll see you in shell, you son of a beach. Son of a beach. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't ask why we have this. We don't the, really know either. The title is better than the C-Facts ever could be. <laughs> um, some sea anemone uh, create a... Create a uh, oh God, I fucking forgot the word now. <laughs> Not par- what's the what's the opposite of a parasitic relationship where they two things work together? Symbiotic. 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 They form a symbiotic yeah. relationship with algae. The algae actually grows inside the sea anemone and gets uh and can photosynthesize from the light and it gives nutritional energy to the sea anemone. Can you imagine walking around with a bunch of moss growing out of your neck and that's how you ate for the day? Like, oh, I'm feeling a bit peckish. Better play Sounds my- like uh, <laughs> me and Max's girlfriend. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I, I have the uh, C fact that is definitely not depressing in any way, shape, or form. Oh, sure, we'll take it. Did you know that in the correct conditions, when a body or a human body decays, it can actually <laughs> into soap while in the water? It turns into soap. Yeah, the fat. Yes. Yeah, that's I how they discovered. That. That's actually how they discovered soap. That's how soap was kind of uh, a thing. Is as communities would bury, they <laughs> supposedly this is like the working theory is that in areas where they had um, like sacrificial, like they'd have sacrifices, they'd have sacrifices upriver, and people would be washing their clothes and bathing downriver, and the fat from the bodies would flow down the river, and they found that they were getting cleaner, and somebody made the connection that the fat from the bodies is what caused their water to become like a cleaning solution. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's half the plot to Fight Club. Yep. <laughs> I was just going to say something like that. And then you take lie and you burn your hands and burn down a building. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> With your feet on the air, your head on the ground. I feel oh, like episode. that's one of the facts that most people <laughs> don't know. It's been it. All yeah. right. I think we're going to go to Shelfer Box. Head of class. And Stefan, you want to go first for Shelfer Box? Ask yourself. <laughs> Let's start finish. Pixies. <laughs> If man is five, if man is five. <laughs> underrated Where song. Is Nobody knows Monkey Gone to Heaven except me. I have no idea. What I used to own that album. But it's yeah. such a good album. I can sing Taylor Swift if you want to. I know most of her. Get the hell out of here. I'm not kidding either. I can. But Stefan, show her box. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to make mine really short. Basically, the fact that you can still be immersed in a game that with characters that feel super real and super great through a three-day period that was only made in nine months i mean that's 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 a that's an award in itself and nintendo deserves all the awards for that um and because of that i would put it on my shelf okay oh how about you Stuart? i mean no surprise here i'm also going to shelf it um this is like i said this is my favorite zelda game i played the hell out of this as a kid um probably why i have such like a morbid (laughs) Like you know, I, I can stuff. agree with that. But yeah, I like like I always say, I like things that are I like when things are 
the dark, not dark for no reason, like when things are dark for a reason and they, they are kind of weird and this game fits both those categories. And I think it's it's so it's so different for a Zelda game. I was so immersed in it as a kid that I just became so emotionally attached to every character and all their like how all their lives intertwined and like how they were all living out essentially their last days over and over and over again. I thought that was really, really dark and depressing, but also like it really, really drew me in. So this is going right on the top of my shelf so everyone can see it. One of my one of the games I absolutely define myself by. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, how about you, Helena? Follow that, Helena. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I will. Okay. Um, I, when this game... So I got my introduction to video games by watching my older brother oh, play... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to top that. <laughs> uh, by watching my, my older brother play Ocarina of Time and Crash Bandicoot and uh, Twisted Metal. And so we had an N64, and when Majora's Mask was first coming out um apologies <laughs> for the dog by the way okay. uh there were these commercials where link would put on the mask and then that little sequence where he's changing into them would happen where he's screaming at the camera and i was such a little emo kid and so depressed all the time i was like wow i really need that game and i remember um <laughs> when it came to my birthday it was right around the time that Majora's mask came out and i was like oh my god i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it and I was given a cartridge-shaped present, and I was like, yes, it's finally here. (laughs) I got Donkey Kong 64, and Ah. (laughs) I I was trying so hard to twist it right. I I was like, oh, this is great. Thanks. And then it turned out that the Donkey Kong 64 had um, the Rumble Pack in it. So after I had opened that and I was, like, very sad, my brother came out with the Majora's Mask game, and he was like, this is why, you know, we got you donkey because you needed the rumble pack to play this huh. and just crying. Cause I was so excited. Um, shelve this game forever. Uh, keep it in my N64 forever. I love this game so much. Can't recommend it enough. That was actually a good oh, twist. That was good really story. good too. Thank yeah. you. Top that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to. <laughs> yeah. Top that Mike. Tell us a great story about how. Tell us, give us a give us an uh, emotionally impacting reason why you don't listen to music. Because <laughs> <laughs> nothing can top Robo's theme, which is based on um, the Rick Roll song. It's a special do, do. circle in hell for you. <laughs> it actually, if you, it actually is the ro- for some reason. Robo's theme and Colonel Trigger actually sounds like they actually use part of the Rickroll theme, and that's why I like that song a lot. And I, yeah, but <laughs> all of our listeners, all of our listeners just left. <laughs> uh, I can actually sing that song too, but I'm not going to on it. Um, I, I like how I'm complaining after I just butchered two two separate Pixie songs. <laughs> that's what we do on this show, people. Hey, people are still listening to us and more listening to us than they were at first. So hey, something's working, but. This game is definitely going to go on the on the shelf. Like before, we played it for the show. It would have been a box. It was a game that I I got it I got it for Christmas from my uncle because I had asked for it. I had played Ocarina of Time, but I never beat Ocarina of Time as a kid. It was a game that a friend of mine used to come over all the time, and he would play it, and I would watch him. And I was always nervous of games that weren't a turn based RPG where I didn't feel safe because I had a lot of a lot of complications with that. Because when I grew up, I had a, um, a speech problem. 
I was made fun of a lot. I had a scar on my lip, which I still have, but I don't care anymore. So I'm an adult now. <laughs> but so I felt very secluded from things. So gaming had been a big part of that. And a lot of it was people watching, watching other people play games. And that's why I picked up this game. Cause I'm like, okay, I really like Ocarina of Time. So I want to play this, you know, it's a Zelda game. I love, I love Link to the Past. I really like Ocarina. And my friend that came over that I used to hang out with a lot, which was on the show earlier before, um, he really didn't play it at that time either. We just weren't, we couldn't really grasp the system of it. So I never played it. I'm like, oh, it's not that, you know, I didn't like the three day cycle. I'm like, oh, it's not that great of a game. It's always been something I thought very lowly of until I finally sat down and played it for the show. And I, I really enjoyed it. Definitely not my top Zelda, top three Zelda game, but it was a great game and something that I might never play again, but I really love And it's very mm-hmm. interesting, which <laughs> is, <laughs> you know, I've been seeing the big theme of these last few days. But definitely going on the show. Yeah. All right. I think I think that's a tribute to Nintendo in a way. All their Zelda games are pretty uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, I really do want to play the CGI ones though someday. They're all pretty unique really. and pretty. I, yeah, it's it's rare to have a series where all the games can can feel so different in tone, but still be so universally loved. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Stuart, before we get on to plugs, do you want to mention what game we're playing next week? Um, no, because I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, 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 no! Yeah, I do. Should not go, go, baby. <laughs> I do. We are playing Beautiful Joe. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, I was like, I can't remember. I literally talked to our guest about it yesterday. <laughs> oh my god! Get ready to hear a lot of Henshin and Go Go Babies next week because I'm going to be saying that nonstop. It's going to be fun. I I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just commit harikari while recording, and <laughs> he failed Beautiful Joe. Oh, okay, see, at least you're playing something true. happy. I need something happy after playing Majora's Mask. Here's oh, the thing. Uh, Majora's Hunter. Mask is yeah. like a depressing, lonely, awful game emotionally. But I feel oh, yeah. good after playing it. Beautiful like, Joe is a happy, colorful game that makes me want to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't mention this yet, but when I was playing Majora's Mask, I was getting all like, I don't know, ir- I was getting irritable or something. And my wife was like, you need to beat this game because I'm tired of you playing it. I was getting annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh my gosh. I, when I play certain games, like when I play Dark Souls, essentially, I'll be I'll be yelling at Dark Souls I'll get, and I'll just be upset. Like there was one time I was playing Dark Souls 1. She's at work that day. I come to work to meet her for lunch and I'm just all sad. She's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. She's like, really, what's wrong? I'm like, I can't beat the Iron, Iron Golem. She's like, shut up. And <laughs> she did not find that. <laughs> She was like, she's like, what are you upset for? I'm like, I couldn't beat Iron Golem. I can't do Sen's Fortress. Yeah. But, so, and this game was kind of having that effect on me. I wasn't having a problem, but I was apparently being moody while playing the game. Well, moody for no reason. I was, but it was kind of funny. Oh, and I was kind of ignoring her, too. That's the reason she got mad at me. She was trying to talk to me. I was playing Majora's Mask and not paying attention to what she was saying. <laughs> Jesus, Mike, you should never ignore your wife. Good God. I don't normally. <laughs> <laughs> but normally I never do. But I, I was, I, I was, it was an icon of temple, and I was getting absorbed in what was going on, and I wasn't paying attention. Oh, that's, that's, oh, that's a understandable. Part yeah. to get absorbed yeah. into. I get that. Imagine, I'm imagining Mike now as a Frozone from an Incredible. Like, he's trying to ask him something. He's like, "Woman, where is my Zora suit?" <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Oh, that, that, that's never happened. Um, yeah, I play. I played Majora's Mask with like a smile on my face. I'm like, yeah, that was so much fun. Well, <laughs> play Majora's Mask, and then like I'll feel I'll feel better about like going out and hanging out in, like a crowd. I'll be like, yeah, I'm just having such a good day. <laughs> well, since we're at the very end, I, I will share this part of the story. Like, I mean, 
because Majora's Mask also playing through it kind of touched me in a lot of ways because I do deal with depression in certain things after something happened to me earlier in my life. So this game kind of connected in certain ways that is, it was interesting. And because mostly I'm mostly I moved past it. That part of my life is gone, and I cut out the toxic person. But it, you know, I can I can I could really relate to what was happening. Is it was, is it the most emotionally intense of any Zelda game? Yes. Yes. Like a long shot, I'd say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like Twilight 100%. Princess probably has the most story, like actual written story in it, I think. Well, I haven't played Breath of the Wild yet. I don't know how much is going on there. Oh, it's uh, so good. I Breath don't have the Switch. I, I only played about an hour, maybe three hours Breath of the Wild. Couldn't get very far, and I hate that game at the moment. But, well, maybe it's, <laughs> I know. Oh. I need to replay wow. it and actually play it. But maybe, the prices of, uh, maybe the price of Switch will come down. I'll get it. Well, the Switch Lite is coming it is. down. Yeah, with two hundred dollars oh. for the switch light. Yeah, but you can't take the uh, the <sighs> joypad, the yeah. joycons off, which is one problem. Oh, and before we do our plugs and everything that we because we keep talking apparently, I did want to say if you're listening to this uh, recording as of today, as we're recording on 7-14-2019, we have hit our six month anniversary of games my mom found. Oh yeah, Woo-hoo! six months since we hey. first put this out, and we are actually very close to three thousand total downloads. Thanks you yeah. guys. Yeah. Oh, congrats, guys. I mean, thank you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. But if you if you guys enjoyed the show, you can find more like it on whatever podcasting platform you use. And most of your episodes are humor, not depressing like this one was. This and Shadow the Colossus are both our depressing episodes so far. So good. I just feel depressed. And I should, usually I'm all giddy after we record. And I just feel sad right now. I'm just like, oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's perfect because I just sent you the links to the creepy pasta. So if you don't want to feel sad <laughs> and you want to feel scared instead, um, there you go. I literally, when I did yes. read that Ben Drown as a, when I was younger, I was, and I, I feel like I found it when I was probably in my early twenties. Um, I was my son was probably like two at the time or so, and I was sitting there surfing the web all the time, and I read that story, and I still believe in ghosts and all that thing, and it it creeped the hell out of me. I do remember that. It, and, it, and when you were when you were reading it earlier, I could just feel like my hair in the back of my neck just tickling. And I just felt very uneasy. I'm like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> so, oh, thank uh, you. There was a follow up to Ted. <laughs> there was a follow up to Ted the Caver, and I can't find it now. Okay, we well, got time. If you find it, I'll put it. I'm gonna put all these in the show notes below well, our plug. The first part of it's really good. I, somebody did a follow up to it that's also pretty good, but I can't find it. But the first part is good enough by itself to throw it in the show notes. Okay, just send me the link. Oh, Caver if, is, if you at all feel claustrophobic, then I would say maybe don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I used to go in sewer, like storm drains when I was living in Milwaukee, which I should not have been doing. Looking my back, God. I don't know why my dad let me do it. Or, oh my God. I used God, to go like... through um, storm Dude. drains. And one time I was, I was going through it and I hit my head on oh a pipe, God. like hard, because I was crawling real fast, banged my head right into a pipe, started bleeding. We poured water on my head and I'm like, the water is red. And I'm, I'm not even realizing I'm bleeding. And then that was the same week that Resident Evil 4 came out. And I remember I got sick from school and I never missed school. And I'm, I'm at home throwing up. I'm sick. And I'm and I got my copy of Resident Evil 4. It just came out that day. And I'm sitting there playing that. I'll never just forget. Just throwing up over and over again. Just, oh, this is great. Oh. Well, and I you should, grew up uh, in a town named Derry, right, Mike? Yeah. And you saw, I was just about to say. You saw a clown in there. I oh, never. Jesus Christ. I never <laughs> used to be bothered by sewers. I would hang out in, like, oh, I wouldn't hang out in sewers. I'm not Charlie from Always Sunny. We hang out in sewers all the time, man. Oh, I. Like, <laughs> sewers never bothered me. After I read it, I read, I read like the first half of it, um, like over the course of a month, and I was like, I'm like, I'm so sick of not finishing this book. I'm going to sit down 
and just read it. And I read the second half of it, which is like like fifteen hundred pages or something. I read the whole <laughs> second half of that book in one night. Damn. And I, to this day, I still do not like walking over sewer grates. <laughs> I don't Damn. either. But that's because when I was like four years old, a friend, of, uh, a neighbor kid took my G.I. Joe and threw it in the sewer. And I've never gotten over that as an adult. So I never walk over sewer grates. And I, if I'm holding a phone or keys, I will hold them extra tight when I walk over sewer grates. I never, I've never really been okay with that ever since. <laughs> the trauma. It's, it's different well, kinds of fears that Mike and I have. <laughs> I'm also terrified of heights. No, like I, I will like not. Either. I've like uh, when me and Tiff first met, and I was trying to impress her. Um, I got on the this log shoot ride at the Mall of America, and I didn't realize there was a drop. And sh- and she thought I knew it, so we're on the log ride. I'm like, okay, you know, goes up, and all of a sudden there's a drop, and I remember going, oh fuck, as we just go shooting down. And she's like, you didn't know there was a drop? I'm like, if I did, I wouldn't have got on there. <laughs> and, and there was one other time before I met Tiff with my my ex girlfriend. Um, I was trying to impress her too, I think. And I got on the turtles ride at Mall America, which is kind of like a little like copter type thing where you're in a little like jetpack thing and you go you I guess you're sitting down and it takes you up. And I remember when I got off it, I was shaking and could barely walk. And I never did that again. So <sighs> <laughs> there's my fears. I used to think oh, I was terrified dick. of like I was just terrified of heights, but I found out uh, apparently I've got an inner ear problem that reads like Whenever I go up and down elevators, I get really dizzy. Whenever I'm up high, I get really dizzy. Like sudden things. Oh, yeah, like vertigo. I get vertigo really badly. Is exactly. Yeah. What it is. Mm-hmm. I get elevators, terrible vertigo. And elevators so, don't bother me. Bridges don't bother me. Being mm-hmm. in a vehicle on a freeway doesn't bother me. Climbing a mountain doesn't bother me. But for some reason, rides or being on something small like a tree or somewhere where you're up high but you're vulnerable terrifies the shit out of me. Like, oh, yeah. even at Small America, I don't walk by the railings on the third floor. I will. My wife will go right up, and I'm like, "Nope, nothing. I cannot do it." Like I start getting uneasy. I can't even look at her near the I railing. Have that, I have that same exact problem. I think most of the time it's because I'm drunk. I'm afraid I'm gonna fall <laughs> it's over. A little different, but <laughs> I'm not drunk during these times. See, I can't even go. Like I'll go from the first floor of a building to the second floor of a building on an elevator, and I'll feel dizzy. Like I get real. I get mm-hmm. really bad. Where I had to go. We were in, when we were in D.C. We went to the uh, the post office building in there, which. For our probably the majority of our visitors who don't live in DC, um, or haven't live, been there, I live across the river from DC. <laughs> like... oh, the, oh, the shitty part, of, uh, the shitty part of DC. Um, wow, wow. Excuse me. Okay, all right. <laughs> that was fun. Well, which river? There's well, anyway. Um, yeah, the the post office building is like I think it's like it's only nine stories, but it's a glass elevator. Like it's a like almost entirely glass elevator. And I went up. I would hate that. It's oh. awful. Like I was with a bunch of there was a bunch of tourists in there, and then just me, like, like literally pressed against the door, grabbing onto the railings, like sweating, and like I got to the top and I almost just like blacked out. I had I like I was so dizzy and sick, and I was like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. <laughs> that would be me too. I would not, I would not be okay. Yeah. I I was so miserable that day. <laughs> Should we wrap up the show now? Today in your podcast. <laughs> Get to know your podcasters. Yeah, let's just keep going. Fuck it. We're at two hours and eight minutes. We should probably wrap it up. (laughs) Yeah, we're not breaking the record, and I don't want to. We're running out of time. Oh, in that case, let's do it. (laughs) No. So Ted Caver starts with. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram, where I'm constantly posting images or a screenshot from the upcoming episode we're going to be talking about. So that way you have a little context before you listen to the show. Um, And also, 
if you get a, get a chance and get extra a new podcast to listen to, take a listen to All Too Real 2 podcast that I mentioned earlier in the show. Also be a sh- with many other links apparently in the show notes. You can find it down there. And also, that way I don't forget, our intro brought to us by Bulby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney. It is the Cool Kid Squad off the off his EP, Bite the Bullet. i surprise. I should really write this down one day. Um, but there'll be, be a link to his YouTube channel also in the show notes. So please take a listen to his music. And I want, and Talena, since you're our guest, is there anything you want to plug? I don't ask this question ahead of time. I uh, <laughs> some sometimes I stream on Twitch. Uh, I don't post on social media about it, and will probably never remind anyone when I'm going. <laughs> but if y'all want to follow, um, we do have some videos of like Resident Evil and some other horror games. And uh, my and nice. really likes Mortal Kombat, so there's some of that in there too. You can find us at Atomic Helenus. And that's A-T-O-M-I-C-H-E-L-A-N-U-S. And there'll be a link in the show notes, too, for that. Above all the creepypasta crap that's going to be in, in here, too, now. <laughs> uh, hide, me, uh, hide me under Ben Drowned. <laughs> and <if you> want, <laughs> sorry, I don't, one more creepypasta, because yes. Helena might know the answer to this. There's a movie I saw that was, like, based on... Do you remember the Rake? The Rake creepypasta? Uh, it's, like the, uh, it's like the white figure in the woods with the, the bright eyes. Uh, it's not, not uh, Slenderman. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a movie based on that. There was a movie last year that came out called The Rake. Before that, there was a movie based on The Rake, and I can't fucking remember what it was, and nobody else remembers it. <laughs> I've like been losing my mind trying to figure out what movie it is. Um, cool. I'm gonna need a noodle that and get back to you because I of, do not know if, that off the top of my head. <laughs> if any of our listeners know what movie I'm thinking about, please let me know. <laughs> is it Kazam? Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it's Kazam. It's Kazam. <laughs> All right, you guys have anything to plug, or is it normal? It's uh, normal. Okay. I'd like to plug the movie that was based on the rake. That was really good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I don't well, the name of it, but <laughs> thank everyone for listening, and you guys have a wonderful night, everybody. Awesome. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Also, been just called the rake. It might have been kind of end recording. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>